You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. All right, and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the weekly huddle, bet, set, snap, here on a Friday night. I am Derek, and joined, as always, by your co-host, Kevin. Kevin, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Getting ready for week five. Uh, just pulled off kind of the first trade here in our home league, and Trying to yeah, jockey around here a little Friday bit. Night. <laughs> we had the right idea though, right? Like we were yeah. thinking the same thing. So, um, but yeah, so was able to kind of get that going. Um, you know, kudos to Justin Fields and um, DJ Moore. DJ Moore owners for Thursday night. What you know, great performances, great performances, especially out of Moore. And if you were streaming tight end and started Logan Thomas, you at least feel confident with the result, right? Like he might not finish as a top five tight end this week necessarily, but you can, you can be happy with the result that you got, right? He did not hurt your lineup with what transpired on Thursday night. So, and, and even Sam Howell, I mean, he got there, it was ugly, but he did get there. So, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Got a good slate of games. We've got four teams on by, you know, we're, we're getting some running backs back into the fold. We're down, you know, for pretty high efficiency running backs here this week, right? I mean, between the the Seahawks, the Browns, the the Chargers, and the Bucks, um, you know, we're down some pretty high end running back uh, weight, if you will, this week. But nevertheless, we will get through it. So, any any questions, waiver wires, lineups, trades, you know, start sits, all the, all that good stuff. Hit us up. We'll we're here for that as we kind of go through some game lines here tonight. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it should be a good one, a little, little fun slate there. Um, I, I I do have to to say I was very happy with your shine of the week for tight end. I I was uh, I did take your shine of the week and played him off the waiver wire um, this week, and Logan Thomas done uh, done showed up in a big way last night for uh, fantasy managers. So was very happy about that. Was very happy about the fact that I had so many. Uh, um, you know, so many shares of DJ Moore through all my dynasty rosters out there as well. So uh, that yeah, was that was, was a lot of fun to look up and see. I, I was on the unfortunate end of I faced a lot of DJ Moore in dynasty this week, apparently, and I didn't realize it necessarily until you look at the end of Thursday night just to kind of see what you're up against and and you start to get a feel for what roster moves you need to make and who you know who you're going to start. And I'm looking at it going, Ugh, like crap, I have to chase 50 points. Minimum, depending on your scoring lineup. But I basically have to chase 50 points to start the week. That is not a fun feeling. And I know a lot of people are in it. I'm one of them across multiple leagues. But let me tell you, we're going to find a way. We're going to find a way. We're going to grind through it. And you cure that 50 points with going high upside touchdown type players. And and you're just hoping for end zones, like you, that's what you're shooting for. The yardage, yardage, and receptions are great, but you're shooting for those bonus points, man. You need you need six, right? Um, yeah, like that's gonna be uh, gonna be tough in some of these. That if you're not uh, if you don't have that those upside plays, and you you've constructed a roster primarily around floor, that might be a little bit of a toughy one um, to to really be looking up on the on the end of that one. So, um, but yeah, no, it should be uh, should be a good one. Again, a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm expecting some really good games over the course of this week and uh, and this weekend. So I'm very excited to start talking about some of these matchups here. They better uh, be I good get, games because some of these point spreads sucketh. Like they're not yes. fun. No, no, this was some of these, some of these weeks you, you look in and you really start looking through the lines and, and the totals and the props and all of that. And you're like, Oh, that this, this is a really, really, really fun week. And then there you get to weeks like this one. And you're like, uh, yeah, I feel like Vegas is cheating a little bit. <laughs> right. Right. Like I, I looked at some of these things and, and probably struggled going through this one more so than, uh, than most weeks when I look at, uh, look at some of these lines and where I was wanting to go and, all of that, which, hey, maybe the fact that uh, you know I kind of struggled this week going through that, and making my calls and all that, maybe I see a little bit of a turnaround in that uh, against the spread number that uh, has kind of eaten my lunch a little bit here uh, this week. Like I was looking through that earlier, earlier on, and and I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm rocking like a whopping forty four percent against the spread this season over um, you know totals and props looking really good to the point where the the entire average is up there around like a fifty four percent, but. That that against the spread number that has just eaten my lunch all right. season long. So we're looking to change that in a big way. So I was looking at uh, looking at yours as well. Kudos to you for being at a fifty eight percent on all calls throughout the uh, you know against the spread over unders and props uh, thus far through the season. I got some making up to do. Yeah, I, I've slipped a little. Right, I had a great a great week one. Right. 14 one and one for my over unders in week one. Um, it's been a little bit harder since then, right? I started out really hot, kind of gave me a good jump start, and, and now I'm, I'm holding on here a little bit. So I'm hoping this week gets us dialed in here a little bit and we're able to pull away. Right. I think I, I think my math on that is I'm, I'm 11 games back at this point. So that's the, uh, you know, you can, you can have yourself a great week. I'm, I'm going to try and go, uh, I'm trying to think of the math on that real quick, but what the, uh, you know, how many games we've got on this thing. Um, what is it? There's third. Was there 13 games, 14 games this week, right? Four teams on by. Yep. 14. Okay. So 14, uh, 14 total games on this one. 13. Right. Because we're down to, we're already down Thursday night there, which that was a, that was a whole, Hey, at least the overhit. Uh, there we go. Yeah, the overhit. <laughs> but uh, we both right saw that game almost being flopped. Right, we saw mm-hmm. Washington uh, with as well as they played against Philly, and be, being a home game, being able to kind of you know take charge of that one. And holy smokes, Chicago looked every bit as good as they looked the first half against Denver, and they were just able to hold on. Right, they put enough together in the second half, and then you know. DJ Moore with you know another touchdown and really probably should have had a fourth. I'm I'm still not convinced he stepped out of bounds. Like no one really challenged it, but I'm not convinced he actually went out of bounds. Right. Um, and so he could have easily had another what was it 20 yards? He could have been 270 and four instead of 250 and three. Right. Holy smokes, man! Like he career type game for him. So kudos. Absolutely. Uh, Tino's time saying, what's up guys? Not much Tino's time. Welcome in. Um, good to see him tuning in. He's got a good channel over there as well. So, uh, covers a lot of wrestling stuff. Anybody that's, that's interested, uh, around wrestling Tino's time's got you covered on that one. So, uh, if you do have questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, throw them in the chat. Let's go ahead and rock and roll through these things and help you get those lineups set. We're going to be talking fantasy football as well as going through 
the entire slate of games, making our calls against the spread, making our calls on the totals, and giving you a prop, a player prop from each game there as well. Uh, Alex, over on the YouTube, start three PPR, Kyron Williams, Kamara, Swift, ETN, or Waddle? Uh, Waddle, for me, is an absolute yes, going up against the Giants, right? Yep. Like, it might only be three receptions, but you can see three receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like, this Giants defense is just not very good, so I think Waddle is an absolute. Um, I like I like Swift with the way he's been playing, right? I mean, I think the easiest way to slow down Aaron Donald and some of that pass rush that L.A. has is to not let him get to your quarterback, right? It's quick releases. So it's a lot of Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, um, Kenneth Gainwell. Like, I, I do think all those guys are being extremely relevant, and I think Devonta Smith has a big game. Um, and then Kamara. In PPR to- leagues, I like Kamara. Right. So start three PPR. I do like Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to see a bunch of check downs as, as Derek Carr gets to play with his new toy. We saw it last week. I think we do it again. It's going to be probably the most efficient way for new Orleans to move the ball is just, you know, get him to cheat up, right. You're dumping off to Kamara and then actually acknowledge that Chris Olave exists. Right. That would have been nice. Um, I, I like the Kamara if I know what Derek Carr's shoulder is really kind of like, right? Like, and it's one of those that I probably still probably still nursing that shoulder injury there a little bit. But a wrist flick gets it ten that's, yards, dude. That, that, <laughs> that's, that's all he thinking. needs. That's what I'm thinking. Is that that's why I kind of like the Kamara move? But if he's uh, yeah, if the shoulder's feeling better and he's actually going to throw the ball, um, yeah, the Kamara stat line looked a lot like you know uh, Damian Pierce's rushing line this season right? 13 for 33. Uh, it was funny. I was looking, uh, there's a lot of stats in that, you know, a bunch of Twitter talk about all of that or X now, I guess is what it's called. But, um, where there's been a lot of players that have gone through and, uh, and caught 13 balls in a game. And, uh, Kamara is the lowest yardage total by anybody in forever. And it's by a long shot. Almost every one of those other players put up at least 80 yards on that. Kamara barely scratched out 33. So I I do like the Kamara pick. I also don't mind the Kyron Williams, but Kyron Williams, a little bit banged up. But he is one of those that there's there are very few running backs that see 100% of the snap share for their team. And Kyron Williams happens to be like that one guy this year that does that. So I like the fact that he's going to be in there on just about every play and, and the opportunity will be there. Um, so he probably has the safest floor, but he also has the toughest opponent matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Right. So if you, if you need a floor play, right. To kind of bounce in with that, I think, I think Waddle and Swift are enough to kind of get you there um, with as efficient as Deandre Swift has been and, and the high upside of Waddle. Um, but Kyron's probably the safest floor over anybody. Um, and not to overlook Travis Etienne, you got yourself a hell of a lineup here, dude. Like th- this is right. a tough decision, right? And, and you know, I, they're good problems to have, right? That is a, that's good. You could argue, you could make a really good argument for any of these guys yes. out of the five to start. So again, if your gut's telling you something different, Alex, go with it, but 
are we kind of in agreement here, Derek? Waddle, Kamara, and then we split on Swift and Kyron. Is that kind of where we're at? I think I probably go Waddle, Swift, and and I split on Kyron and Kamara. Okay. is probably more where I'm at on that one. Um, but yeah, you could go any you could go any direction there, and I I think you'll be all right. So especially because if you got if you got that much running back power on your roster, you know, the rest of the league doesn't have doesn't have that much unless you're playing in only like an eight man league or something yeah. like that. So Kyron yeah, Williams probably has a better chance of getting in the end zone than Alvin Kamara. Like that's just not Kamara's gig anymore since Drew Brees right. left town. He's not a touchdown scorer. Right. I would agree with that. Um, AC asking what's going down with Chase and the Bengals. Yeah, I, I think you're starting to see the frustrations boil over there in Cincy. Right, like this is a team that was supposed to come in and be Super Bowl contenders, a team that's you know took took everybody down to the wire in the playoffs last year, and just yeah, and now they are starting off really in a tough position here. So I think that's what it is, and you're just seeing a lot of frustrations boil over here. Yeah, I think I think the best is yet to come. Right, I think what we're seeing is a product of your quarterback missing a lot of camp or a lot mm-hmm. of the preseason, right, because of the calf injury, and then re-aggravated it. Now he's out saying he's you know, he's feeling better than what he has in months. We're going to find out on Sunday whether that's coach speak or not. Um, but uh, Jamar Chase will, will come around. I understand it's frustrating, but uh, I, I do think he will, he will get there. Like, don't, don't be hasty if you have Chase on your lineup and, and move him for peanuts, right? I, I think he's absolutely still worth the top pick. It just hadn't been there the first quarter of the season, but it'll come around. All right. Now on the flip side of that, if I don't have Chase on my roster, I'm willing to I'm I'm going out and I'm trying to contact the the manager that has Chase and I'm trying to trade him for for you know pennies on the dollar type of thing and see what I can do and see if I can't put together a you know uh RB two wide receiver to move that over for Jamar Chase and see if I can't can't get that um, and just see what the frustration level is on that. Yeah, right. Uh, I think it's well worth the shot if you have like a Devonta Smith, right? Right. Toss out Devonta Smith so that way they don't feel like they're sacrificing too much at wide receiver, and then you know some form of maybe Alexander Madison type, um, something of that nature just to see if that does it. I mean, it's it's a fair offer. And depending on the owner, the chase owner, and their level of frustration, they might take that, they might not. But I think that at least gets you in the field of relevance. Right. And actually, you know, you might even just see Devonta Smith straight up gets that job done for you, who's sitting at wide receiver, you know, 14 in half-point PPR. So, um, you know, on paper, right, take the names out of it. Like we always say, take the names out of it, and you're you're trading wide receiver fourteen for, you know what wide receiver twenty nine. So there's there's a there's a lot of that to it, and and Devonta Smith still has the name power at that point to to make that. So yeah, I like that. Try try that one and see what you can do. Uh, uh, make COD great again. Ask uh, full point PPR need two running back, two wide receiver flex. The running backs are Saquon, Kyron, A Chain. Hall, the wide receivers, Lamb, Waddle, Pittman, Flowers. Uh, Brees Hall, automatic yes in there. And then I would roll Saquon, uh, but I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to roll with the Kyron or the A-Chan. Like it's, either one of those would be fine. As far as the wide receivers go, I'm going Waddle and I'm going Lamb. 
I agree on the wide receivers completely. Waddle and Lamb. Um, I don't mind. Are you going Brees Hall in the running back? Yeah, Hall, Hall, A-Chain, and Saquon. Right? Okay. Like, the only thing. Oh, he also needs a flex, so that could be it right there. That's what Take it is. One, yeah, Hall, Hall. Yeah. yeah. So, I think the only potential pivot is if you're nervous about Saquon because you're negative game script, first game back, all that thing. If you're nervous about Saquon, my opinion is you switch over to Pittman because Indianapolis is not going to be able to run the ball very effectively against Tennessee. And we have seen that Anthony Richardson does like Michael Pittman. He will go out of his way to target him. And Tennessee is lighter in the back end. So I think Pittman's game total is like 59 and a half. I, you know, if I were betting on that one, I'd tell you, take the over. Like I think Pittman gets over 60 yards in this game. Yes. You're going to want him to fall into the end zone, but you know, seven, seven catches, 87 yards and a touchdown out of your flex that gets you there. Right. I mean, that's more than the 12 points, which you kind of want out of your flex to have a good week. So Hall, A-Chain going up against really bad run running defenses. Absolutely. Lamb, Waddle have to go there. And then Saquon or Pittman, depending on how you feel about the situation. Uh, Zay Flowers is just the odd man out in this game. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's pass defense has been less than desirable here this year. So I understand the allure, but play your studs. All right. And I, I've actually got a prop on, uh, on flowers later on in this one, which I, I see a very favorable game for him. But the problem is, is that's going to be a low scoring affair in my opinion. And if flowers doesn't get into the end zone, it, it's going to take away all of the upside on that one, especially in a full PPR where, you know, flowers having a good stat line is four or five receptions. Like that's, that's just kind of where, where the, where the floor is, uh, yeah, or actually the ceiling 68. is on that one. Yeah. yeah. Five for 68, maybe 72, something like that. Yeah. And, and so yeah, even at that point, you're talking maybe, maybe 10 to 12 point type of range, which yeah. you, you could, you could roll with that in your flex. I just, the upside isn't there. And, and I, I like rolling the upside out of my flex. So, all righty. Uh, guys, again, if you have any thoughts, any comments, questions, throw them out there. We'll uh, rock and roll through them. But uh, are you ready to start rocking and rolling through some of these game slates? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. Here we go. Week five. We've got another London game here. Jacksonville, uh, the home or the uh, await week five game over in London. Jacksonville's the away team this time. Buffalo is the home team here. Buffalo favored by five and a half. The over under on this one is 48 and a half. Thoughts on this one? I'm I'm taking Buffalo to cover this. I'm taking the over. Um, I I really tossed back and forth a little bit about this and whether Jacksonville staying over in London was good for the team or bad because of the distractions, right? Because then it almost turns into a pseudo vacation when you're not at the facility and you're not training. Um, I understand that these guys are professionals and they take their job seriously, but at the same time, you're over there for basically two weeks. A bunch of them flew family out. And when, when mama wants to go do something, typically you give mama what she wants, right? Like, I mean, that's the simplest way to put it. And, and how, how do you not, right? You have this extra time to kill. And instead of being at home and doing whatever, like, yeah, you're going to go check out big Ben and you're going to go check out London bridge and you're going to go, you know, see the, the rooftop bars and, and kind of 
the scene, right? Like it's just human nature. Like I don't fault these guys for that, but Buffalo seems like they've been, they're ready for business, right? They, they stubbed their toe against the jets. And since then, I mean, they throttled Washington. They, they beat Miami pretty stinking well. And I think that they're just kind of carrying it on. Like they are now on a mission. They're getting in sync. There is a really good chance that Von Miller makes his season debut, which I think puts a little bit more pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I, I think that this was all business for Buffalo and they're going to go in and handle business. And I, I think they kind of put a stomping on Jacksonville here. See, I'm on the other side of that. I do think the fact that they're staying over there, they didn't just make a, you know, a massive trip and all of that, right? Like it's kind of that same deal when we see folks travel to Seattle from the East coast, right. And those teams have to travel all that way West and, and all of that. Uh, they tend not to have as great of a showing there. So I think the fact that Jacksonville stayed over there helps them out on this one. I am going to take Jacksonville. I think that, you know, this is a field goal game type of thing where, you know, Buffalo wins, but Jacksonville still, you know, sneaks inside that five and a half. As far as the uh, over under goes, I'm going to take the under on this one. Um, right. Like we talk heavily about what tends to travel well. Well, defense tends to travel well, run games tend to travel well. Passing games tend not so much to. So that's one of those that I do think that we see this one stay on the under here uh, just a little bit. But this is going to be a really close one in my kind of in my opinion here. I think we're going to get something like a 24-21 type of game. So it's like just barely on the under. And we uh, we see that with Jacksonville covering. As far as a prop I really like uh, was James Cook to go over 15 and a half receiving yards. That one just seemed really, really low. Yeah, I like that because when I was looking through some things, it already moved up to 17 and a half. So I really like that 15 and a half number. Um, I'm taking Gabe Davis over 39 and a half receiving yards. Like he is healthy this year. He has done a good job complimenting Stefan Diggs in this passing game. And you know he's getting a couple deep shots every week. 40 yards, you know, that could just be one big play for him. So I I like I like the chances that you can cover it in one shot and call it good. Yeah, that's a that was a really good one. I I like that one as well. All righty, let's go ahead and head on over to Atlanta where Houston's coming into town. Atlanta favored by a point and a half. The over-under on this one, 41 and a half. Thoughts on this one? Um, I'm going to take Houston. I just I like the way that they're playing right now. Now, Atlanta has been no slouch, right? They're, yes, they're 2-2. Two and two, They're 1-3 and three against the spread. Um, but Atlanta, with, with their inability to be dynamic in the passing game, it's only a matter of time before teams just absolutely just continue to or stack the box and make life extremely difficult. And D'Amico Ryans being a former defensive player, I think he sees that, right? Like I think he understands what makes his defense tick. And I think they're going to go man, man coverage and they're going to slam safeties in the box and they are going to do everything they can to make Desmond Ritter beat them. And I am not convinced that he is able to do that or that Atlanta can be dynamic enough with their play calling to back Houston off in this game. So I like Houston to cover. I like the over. I think that we're going to see some points here. I I can see Bijan getting loose for one. Um, And the way that Stroud has been able to find Tank Dell and Nico Collins, I like Houston's ability to put some points up in this game and jump out to an early lead. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that we do see the over 
on this one here. Like 41 and a half seems really low, especially since we've seen the Houston Texans like just come out and play extremely well on the offensive side of the ball and put points up. Uh, so I, I do like the fact that we, we could see Houston, you know, I could see Houston hanging a 30 burger here in this one and, and getting close to covering that all by their lonesome. Uh, but that being said, so I, I just, just said the over. I'm also taking Houston in this thing as well. I think that um, for all the points that you just made, I think that they come out here and they they take care of some business on this this guy. And Houston could be sitting three and two, um, you know, very early in the season. And something that a lot of people weren't expecting. A lot of people were were kind of already writing off this Houston Texan team coming into the season that they'd be competing for another top five draft pick. Um, and they are looking like they're coming out and competing for anything but. And uh, so I think they'll do very well here. Nico Collins, uh, you mentioned him a little bit ago. I do like his prop. He's got a receiving prop of 55 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to take the over on that one. I like it. And I like this for a couple reasons. Number one, we told you on this show, CJ Stroud was a better quarterback. All like, the way back in March. Yeah, we were, we were hammering that for the, from the beginning. Um, so I like the fact that he's doing well. I like I like being right. Imagine that. Who doesn't like being right? But I'm going to gloat about it here for a second. We were right. Um, now, Desmond Ritter, I'm taking his under. Under 179 and a half passing. Again, I just don't feel like they're dynamic enough. I feel like, you know, you, you're locking down um, – you're locking down Drake London. Kyle Pitts is forgotten. I mean, Johnu Smith is basically the receiving tight end in this offense. WTF. Right. Like big, bold, exclamation points, WTF. Johnu Smith, a fine receiving tight end in his own right. We saw him do many great things with Tennessee before he went to the barren wasteland of New England and is kind of, kind of reemerging. But you have Kyle Stinkin' Pitts. Like – Enough said. So Ritter under 179 and a half. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Like I'll pull back the curtain here a little bit. Cause you and I were talking before we went on the show tonight and in the home league, I've got uh, Deshaun Watson on by also, you know, was dealing with the injury. So even if he wasn't on by, like that's a question mark in itself on what I would have done, but regardless, he was on by. So that leaves it to the point of a super flex deal. And I was asking, I'm like, I just don't know. I don't know that I can take uh, that. I can play Desmond Ritter here and feel confident about that. Um, and I didn't play him last week in the uh, in the matchup with Deshaun Watson being out as well, and pivoted last week to a wide receiver to put in superflex. I'm going to do that again. That's that's my confidence level in, in Desmond Ritter right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm not even willing to play Desmond Ritter as a QB two in my superflex. I'll I'll put another wide receiver in there. So yeah, I think that's the right call right now. It's just it's just not like I am. If you are QB starved, right, super flex leagues, right? If you're in a 12-team super flex league and a lot of teams are keeping three, if you are starving for help at quarterback, go ahead and slide a, slide a waiver claim in for Taylor Heineke. Like, it may not come to fruition, but at the same point, I I would not be surprised if we see him start a couple games for Atlanta. And if he does, he's enough of a gunslinger. I think he would at least – serve well for fantasy purposes. Atlanta may not get the results they want, but for fantasy purposes, I think Heineke can be relevant enough throwing the ball in that offense that um, you might see some resurgence out of uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Very good. 
All righty, let's go ahead and head to our next matchup here. We got the Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Detroit favored by 10. The over under on this one, 44. Thoughts on this one? Um, I love that we locked it in at 10 because this was before Amon Ross St. Brown went to doubtful. And that allows me to pivot to Carolina. Like the Jamison Williams coming back, yes, but you have a couple dinged up receivers on the uh, Detroit Lions side. Yes, it's a home game, but this just seems like Dan Campbell's salivating, going, that's okay. We'll run the ball 50 times. And God only knows how many carries uh, David Montgomery's going to get, but I bet it's over 20. Like, I, had, I could not find a prop on carries for David Montgomery as I was scrolling through pre-show. But if I could, anything at 19 and a half or 20 even and under, I'm taking the over. Like, I feel fully confident in that this game. I'm also taking the under because of the running, right? I don't think Detroit's going to throw the ball as much. They're going to try and speed up the game, shrink it a little bit, rely on their defense. It's been pretty opportunistic. They've been a pretty uh, feisty bunch here this year. Carolina has been struggling, excuse me, to move the ball. Miles Sanders hasn't been overly efficient and the passing game has been blah at best. Um, You see flashes from Adam Thielen. You see flashes um, maybe from a a DJ Chark or – why can I not think of the guy's name? Um, Thielen? Jonathan Mingo? Mingo, yeah. You see flashes out of Mingo, right, as far as targets go. He's getting some opportunities. But um, that might be there, but I'm I'm not loving what this report's out to. So Carolina and the under for this game with the banged up wide receiver core for the lions. Fair enough. I just, I don't see a world in which we see Carolina be able to put up enough points to, to keep it close. Right. Like I see this very much being a a deal where Detroit's going to come out, put up, uh, put up a couple of quick points and just run away with this thing, literally uh, to the point where I'm going to take Detroit on this one. I do like your call on the under, uh, I do think that points are going to come at a premium on this thing. Not going to surprise me when we look up and we see this thing be something in the neighborhood of uh, yeah, 28 to 10 type of thing. Like I, I could see it uh, get that low scoring at that point. So uh, Carolina, they, they just, they've, they've got – They've got some issues. While they've been fairly decent against the pass, uh, they have had major, major um, issues trying to stop the run. And so uh, I'm right there with you on the David Montgomery is just going to go ham in this one. But uh, I am going with with Detroit and Jared Goff to go under his passing prop of 243.5 passing yards. Um, I'm going to take DJ Chark over 25 and a half receiving yards. Carolina is going to be in catch-up mode. I think that there's a good possibility that he catches a long one. Maybe a little bit of a revenge game if if you're gonna look at it like that from Chuck's time there in Detroit, but uh, I think he I think he can get to over 26. Yeah, and he could take care of that in one single play too. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of like. All right, let's go ahead and hit up the Tennessee uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the new the the New England Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts and uh, line on this one Tennessee favored by two and a half. The Colts and Tennessee over under 43. Thoughts on this one? Um, I need to pivot here. Um, I'm taking Indy to cover the game. I like the fact that they're at home. I like the fact that we've seen enough out of uh, Anthony Richardson's arm that we can trust the fact that he can throw the ball. 
um, he's able to find the open receiver here. So I do like that. Um, I was initially kind of thinking the under here, but the more I think about it, I do think that Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Um, Leonard is going to be out. So and one of their you know key middle linebackers, if you will, which kind of is going to open up some holes for him there, I think, in that second level. So I think that helps Derrick Henry. Um, and I'm going to pivot to the over. I think we just managed to get there. Something, you know, I could see 24-23, something like that is kind of a final score. So I think we touched the over. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I think that the over is going to get touched on this one. Uh, Indianapolis has, has actually been pretty decent on the offensive side of the ball here. And so I think that they'll do enough to put up the points there. I think Tennessee will keep keep track on this one. Uh, I do like Indy to cover, though. Like this one seems like it's, it's going to come down to the wire on this one. But as far as a prop goes, I've got Tajay Spears going under 13 and a half receiving yards. That one's interesting. I'm taking Josh Downs over 35 and a half. Right. We were talking earlier about Michael Pittman. I do like his line as well, but I felt like I was getting a discount on Josh Downs and him and Anthony Richardson uh, with Downs playing in the slot has worked out well. He's a nice little relief valve for him. Indy doesn't overly utilize the tight ends. <clears throat> yes, they fell into the end zone last week, but that's not common. So Josh Downs will eat some of that up over 35 and a half. I like it. All righty, let's head over to Miami where the New York Giants are visiting Miami Dolphins. Miami's favored by 12. The over-under on this one, 47 and a half. Thoughts on this one? Miami the over. They could touch this by themselves. Like the way that the Giants have been playing, the way that Miami, yes, they stubbed their toe against Buffalo, but I think that it was a gut check for them, right? So I think they're coming home. They're going to correct some of the things that did not go well for them. And I expect them to make the appropriate adjustments and really just take this game by storm. Um, and and by the time it's all said and done with, I don't think it's going to be close. Fair enough. I, I was originally thinking that we'd probably see the under on this thing just because I didn't think the Giants would be able to <clears throat> score enough points to push us to the over, but it, yeah, I think you're right. The Dolphins, we've seen it. They can put up enough points by themselves to cover this thing. The Giants' defense, bad. Um, the Dolphins are 3-1 and one against the spread this season. So I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover this 12-point spread, in the, which that's a big number to cover in the, in the NFL, especially on a spread. But I'm going to take it that way. Um, so I'm going to go that route. I'm going the over. Miami to cover. One of the props that I really liked, and this one felt like it was to, uh, the line was set just way too easy, but Daniel Jones to go over um, 0.5 interceptions. So Daniel Jones have one plus receptions in this one. Yeah, I, uh, I'm taking a Daniel Jones prop as well, and it's under one and a half passing touchdowns. Fair enough. Daniel Jones to have a not very good game is what it sounds like. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, question coming in here. Let's go ahead and hit this one up, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to the slate of games here. Uh, Braves fans, uh, Braves fan five twenty seven over on Twitch asking CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence this week. I'm going uh, Stroud. I'm taking Stroud. Like it's it's an easy Stroud for me. I think I think Stroud's the floor, but Lawrence is the ceiling because I think Jacksonville is going to be chasing points. If that makes 
enough sense. But Stroud's been playing well enough. He's been getting there like the game last week. He, he easily got you there. And they were not chasing points against Pittsburgh. They're in the driver's seat all game long. So I'm good with Stroud. I, I think he gives you enough upside playing domestically. I, I think that helps instead of instead of overseas. So I think Stroud's a good play this week against Atlanta. Yep. And then the next part of that was Christian Kirk or Flowers this week. I'm going to take Christian Kirk by a hair. And I'm not overly convicted in that. So, Derek, if you feel otherwise, I could probably be uh, made to change my mind, if you will. Um, but I'm going to take Kirk by a hair. Yeah. Talk about two guys that are like legitimately back to back in the rankings type of thing. Um, so half point PPR, kind of the expert consensus out there. Zay Flowers 21, Christian Kirk 22. They're both slotted to get about 6.8 points um, for projecting the matchups. Very similar on that one. However, we did just see this Buffalo team hold both Tyreek and Waddle in check, whereas the Steelers, they give up points to everybody on the wide receiver room, right? Like the Steelers are allowing on average, let me get that adjusted here to half point, but the Steelers on average are allowing just over 39 points to a wide receiver core that comes in and plays them. That's about 20% more than the league average there. So there's a lot to be said about, uh, about the matchup on that one. And with them being ranked so close together, I would lean flowers at this point. Um, and go that route. Now, on the flip side of that, if you do decide that you're going to take the Trevor Lawrence, I'm just going to take the stack and go Christian Kirk at that point, right? Like I would do the stack at that point. But if I'm playing Stroud, I'm going to go Flowers is how I'm going to roll that. I can go, sign. Okay. Next question, uh, Domo on uh, YouTube. Hey, guys, got offered Cup, Henry, and Sutton for Jerome Ford and A.J. Brown. I'm 4-0. and Accept it? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. <clears throat> I wouldn't either. Cup has a soft tissue injury. We've seen Derrick Henry stub his toe, right, in 11, you know, what was it, two weeks ago, right, where he had put a up terrible points. game. Um, and Sutton's Sutton's a decent flex piece, right? Like he, he has been coming through and kind of getting his, but with – Jerome Ford being the only clear solution in Cleveland and A.J. Brown coming off of monster back-to-back weeks. I think this week's a little bit of a down week for A.J. Brown, but I think it's short-lived. So I would not do that. I would keep Ford and Brown. Right. And, I mean, the fact that it's a three-for-two type of deal. Cortland Sutton, I'm still waiting for the uh, for the slide again to happen this season, right? Like, he's he started off much stronger than I think where he's going to finish on this one. Cause you know, right now he's kind of currently in that the wide receiver two area, um, you know, top end wide receiver three territory. And I think he's going to slide to back end three top end four, uh, when the season's all said and done. So, um, yeah, I don't know that you, you've got more, you got more upside with cup than you do with AJ Brown, but, just because of what we've seen with Cup being a volume you play, Puka there though, I, th- I think we see the Robert Woods. I think we see the Robert Woods Cooper Cup deal, where even with Cooper, or even with uh, 
you know, Robert Woods in tow. We, we saw Cooper cup finish. What was that wide receiver one and uh, wide receiver four um, on the season, oh, a couple of years. Um, so yeah, I, I would stick with the Jerome Ford and the AJ Brown. Like I get the temptation on that and the name power on that it has a whole lot to do with it. But the fact that you're four and oh, you've put a, you've put a roster together um, and a roster construction together that, that you're, you're ready to rock and roll and you're going to give away two kind of, you know, running back two and a wide receiver one for Henry, I think probably is a running back two. cup has a wide receiver one upside and Sutton has wide receiver three on it. So you get a little more depth, but that's about it. All right. Uh, Braves fan saying, thanks guys for the advice Two and two and fantasy need all the advice I can get. Absolutely. Braves fan. You throw out the questions. We'll answer them for you. Uh, parody has been key this year, right? With yeah. all the key stars being, I shouldn't say all with a lot of big name players being down and some others off to slow starts. There are so many two and two teams out there right now that it is, it is common and it is by far the rule, not the exception to be, you know, two and two at this point. Right. And you can, yeah, two and two, all you got to do is get to the playoffs. Get to the playoffs, you can make some noise happen and, and walk away with a chip. So, uh, Peaks, uh, Peak One Sports Network saying, Hey guys, hey, Peak One, What's going on? uh, they've, they've got a pretty good channel over there as well. Shout out to, to them for stopping by. All righty, Ray's fan saying it's Chase and Devonta Smith. So, you're talking Kirk or Flowers for the flex? Yeah, I would, I'd probably roll Flowers at that point. I think that I like I think Flowers is a flex. Yeah, I think he's got the higher upside at that point. So clear path to twelve points. Yep, exactly. All righty, let's get into our next matchup here. And again, guys, if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, throw them in the chat, and we'll hit them up. Uh, week five matchup: we got the New Orleans Saints heading to New England to take on the Patriots. This one was a pick'em game when we were going through it. The over/under thirty-nine and a half. Thoughts on this one? I'm taking New England only because they're the home team. Like uh, I just. I think everybody's going to struggle. <laughs> so this is a game that is not going to be fun to watch, in my opinion. I, I think that it's going to be um, kind of a challenge. A lot of it's going to rest on Derek Carr's shoulder, right? Like Chris Olave can play more of that CD Lamb type role. We saw CD have a really good game against the Patriots last week, but the Patriots are coming off Bill Belichick's worst defeat as a coach. So you got to imagine that practice was not fun. So I think you see a re-energized team here in New England, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to make life really difficult um, to drive the ball down the field. And I think New England finds a way to squeak it out. Yeah, I think so as well, right? Like this is one of those that that I'm going to go with. I think that New England at home and Belichick, they bounce back and, uh, and they walk and they walk away with a W at this one at home. Uh, this one here, like, I don't know why the line is set all the way at 39 and a half. That was one of those that I was looking at it. These are two teams that tend to pride themselves on the defensive side of the ball. The offense is not so great, um, throughout the season, uh, throughout the starting part of the season here. And we've seen it where the New England Patriots average about 13 points per game. Um, as far as what they scored, New, England, uh, New Orleans averages about 15 points per game on what they score. 
So on average, these guys are going to put up maybe 38 points. I'm I'm absolutely going with the under on this thing. As far as one of the props that I really liked on this one was Alvin Kamara to go under 14 and a half rushing attempts. Yeah, I, <clears throat> that's a very odd number, and I completely agree with that. I don't think he gets to 15 there at all. But I do like a Kamara prop, and that is over 28 and a half receiving yards. So I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw last week. It's going to be a lot of check down. Get the ball out quick. Don't let the pass rush get to Derek Carr. Let the defense, you know, do its thing, battle a field position, if you will. So Kamara's going to be able to rack it up on the receiving end. Is Kamara able to get to that, you know, 29 receiving yards or more on less than less than 10 targets, you think? I think he can. I think he can, right? The, the Patriots – now, while I expect them to clean some of this up, they were not the cleanest tackling bunch when they played the Cowboys last week. No. So, um, yes, I expect that to improve a little bit, but they're not without their own issues. So I think Kamara can get there, you know, six or seven grabs, 35 yards. Fair enough. Question coming in here. We got uh, Terrence on YouTube asking, is Cup a must start? I think that's relative – yeah. Now, you drafted him to be almost a must-start. Um, Philly's passing defense is not as good as it has been, so I understand wanting to roll him out, but it does kind of depend on what your options are, right? If you had or have Keenan Allen and he's on a bye. If you had Mike Evans, he's on a bye, right? You know, Amari Cooper, like there's DK, like any, any of these guys, then yeah, Cup's a must-start. Um, so I think it's worth tossing it out there and, and seeing what he does, especially if you're debating it, roll with it. Like they're not going to activate him. They've played well enough without him that they wouldn't force him in there if they didn't think that he was a hundred percent and ready to go. Um, but once he's in there, Matt Stafford loves him. Right. And the training videos that we saw and the practice videos we saw of cup, um, you know, in practice this week and some of the footwork drills and some of that stuff, like looked incredibly good. Like it, it looked really good at practice. Uh, but I think you hit the nail right there on the head, right? Like it very much depends on what your other options are. Um, and in most cases, folks drafted Cooper Cup with a first or second round pick. And that's a, you know, unless you, unless you have magically, you know, stumbled upon um, all the waiver darlings and late dart throws early into the season yeah cooper, uh, cooper cup's probably a uh, a start for you especially if you've got some of those other guys on uh, on by this week so some of that's going to get a little tough but i think yes he is probably a start for you kyron williams a better flex than pickens this week i would start kyron williams over pickens in my flex what about you yeah i think i would i would start kyron williams over george pickens and then Domo, uh, his phone died, and he's saying, uh, did we answer the question about the Cup, Henry Sutton for Jerome Ford and A.J. Brown trade? Both of us are on the opinion, no, you don't make the uh, the trade. You stick with Jerome Ford and A.J. Brown. Very good. All righty, let's go ahead and hit up our next matchup here. And, again, guys, you have any comments, anything like that, throw them in the chat. Let's go ahead and chat those up there. Uh, week five matchup. We got the Baltimore Ravens heading over and taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore favored by four and a half. The over/under on this one thirty-eight. Thoughts on this one? Um, I'm taking Baltimore. This four and a half is a weird number. Like basically, 
games don't end in five point spreads in the NFL. Like it is an extremely rare number to have a final score with a five point differential. So I'm basically saying six, right? I mean, this is the weird thing about Vegas cheating, right? What I was kind of talking about at the very beginning of the show, but I'm going to take Baltimore to do it. Um, Pittsburgh just has not looked good. They, they have not been efficient offensively. Their defense, while the pass rush is there, the back end on the receiving core has been rather lax. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where Mark Andrews and, and Zay Flowers are going to be able to get theirs. OBJ is going to play. So it at least gives you a, another relevant receiver, right? We're going to see what OBJ does. Um, but – you know, at least give another option out there so that way they can't just single single in on Zay Flowers. But Baltimore's defense will handle that. I expect the under, um, kind of this traditional grimy in the trenches type game with two teams who respect each other but don't like each other. Um, and another uh, kind of grinded out old school-ish football game here. Yeah, yeah, and this is one of those that's, I'm, I'm going to take Pittsburgh just from the standpoint that they came out and just kind of got embarrassed last week. So I, I think that I'm going to put my, uh, you know, put the odds on Tomlin to be able to get these guys ready to play and be able to keep this thing to a field goal. I think that's about where this thing's going to come, come to fruition at on this one. So I'm taking Pittsburgh to, to cover um, or Pittsburgh with the points there. I do think that the under comes in again, right? Like this is one of those that this is going to be a, a kind of a grimy game there, but I do like Zay flowers and a prop on him to go over 45 and a half receiving yards. I think he can get that one done. Right on. I'm going to take Jalen Warren over 18 and a half receiving yards. He's been seeing five or six targets consistently. And I think he can get over that total. All right. I like it. Uh, real quick, before we get into the afternoon slate of games, we got a couple of questions coming in here, so we're going to hit those up. Uh, Terrence on YouTube was saying, Cup was the, his number one pick, picked up A-Chan, uh, Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford off of waivers, still rostering Hall, Wilson, Amari Cooper, Najee Harris, George Pickens. So I would absolutely play, I'm assuming the Wilson there is Garrett Wilson. I would absolutely play Garrett Wilson, uh, Cooper on by. Yeah, it makes yeah. it a little yeah, yeah you probably for Pickens, yeah. You're playing yeah. you're playing Garrett Wilson, you're playing Cooper Cup. Yep. Yep, that's the way I would roll that. Um looks like he just traded Jordan Addison and Romeo Dobbs to receive T. Higgins. Thoughts on that. I don't I hate it. I don't I don't hate it. Dobbs has been consistent, right? Derek and I have been on team Dobbs all offseason saying that he was gonna kind of lead in all receiving categories for the Packers this year, but the upside for T Higgins in an offense that we feel like has shown its worst and it will do nothing but get better. Um, you know, you're able to make that work. So you sacrifice a little bit of depth, um, for a receiver with, with higher upside. Um, I don't, I don't hate the deal. I understand why we make the move. Yeah. I understand why you, why you would make it as well. I just, I'm I'm so much on Team Dobbs. I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger myself, but I I do understand and uh, and can appreciate the move to try and try and capture the upside because the ceiling for T Higgins far better than the ceiling for either Jordan Addison or Romeo Dobbs. Like so, I I get it. You're shooting for upside and you're 
you're uh, that's the kind of move that you can make to to try and put yourself over the top when it comes to to trying to win a championship there. So I get it. All righty. Week five matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles. They're heading over to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Philly's favored by four in this one. Over-under is 50. Thoughts on this one? I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I think this is going to be a three-point game with Philly heading back back west. Um, but I like the over here. I, I, like the, I think we can see a lot of points in this game. Um, both defenses are a little weaker in the back end, so we could see a lot of passing work this game, which is good for Puka. It's good for Cup. It's good for Devonta Smith. Um, I do have this being a down game for AJ Brown. He was he was my pine right in our little exercise that we do on Tuesday nights. So we're going to see how that shakes out. But I think Smith and um, I think there's going to be a Dallas Goddard sign in this week, guys. Like I just I got a gut feeling about that. So we'll check in and see how see how it plays out. But I, I think Philly ultimately wins the game. So Philly on the money line at um, the Rams to cover. And I like the over. Fair enough. I do think I'm kind of right there in the same opinion there. I do think that we're going to see points come quick, fast in a hurry. Not going to surprise me to see both of these teams touch 30. So I think that 50 is a, uh, we're going to see 50 come quick and fast. Um, I do like the Rams to keep this thing within a field goal. So I, I do think that the Rams find a way to get there with the points. Um, as far as a prop goes that I really like Matthew Stafford has been on a tear uh, with yardage on this thing, it hasn't necessarily found the end zone with his receivers, uh, but Philadelphia's pass defense has not been very good. They allow lots of points through the air um, to opposing wide receivers. And I think Matthew Stafford is the beneficiary of that as well. I'm going to take him to go over 270.5 passing yards. I like that big day for Stafford. Um, I'm taking Devonta Smith over 62 and a half. I think he's the Philly receiver that eats this week. Fair enough. All righty, let's go ahead and head on over to Arizona where the Cincinnati Bengals are heading to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Since he's favored by three, the over-under on this one, 44-and-a-half. Thoughts on this one? Um, I like Arizona to cover. They, they've been a team that has been getting out to some hot starts. They've been able to jump out on some folks and make it difficult. Um, got that win over the Cowboys, obviously, um, but – made life extremely difficult for the Giants, excuse me, and the Commanders. Um, and, and I think we see more of the same. I think since he's been kind of lethargic, if you will, and while we've been saying I think it does come together, uh, they eke it out, right? I think that's the best word I can use for this. They're going to eke out the win. So much like the game before, I'm taking Cincinnati on the money line, but I like Arizona to cover in what I think is going to be a one-score you know, last drive field goal type game. Um, and I'm going to take the over. I think there's going to be some points in this one. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to take Cincy on this one. I do think that they find a way to do it. And even at three points, if it's a last second field goal to win by three, it's it's a push. I'll take Cincy on that one. I do think that we see the over. I think that this is one of those that we could see points, points get put up on this one. Uh, prop, this one might surprise some folks out there, but I'm going to take Joe Burrow to go over. 245.5 passing yards. Very good. I'm going to take Michael Wilson over 38 and a half receiving yards. Um, Dobbs and him have had a little bit of a connection. Dobbs has been pretty efficient at, at 
quarterbacking this team. And we've seen Wilson be a beneficiary of that. We liked him coming out of the draft this year, but understood because of some injury issues why he slipped. But um, number two guy in a game that I think could be back and forth, right? Or for Arizona to jump out, they're going to need the passing game a little bit. So Wilson's going to Wilson's going to get to that total. I think he's going to easily get to 45. I like it. All right, question coming in from Anthony over on the YouTube. Super deep PPR league, only 10 players, but 19 roster spots per player. Uh, Racy Rice um, or JMO on the back of the bench? You're talking Jameson Williams? That's what I'm going to assume he means by JMO. I'm going to take the potential upside of JMO, right? Like we've seen what the upside of Racy Rice is and yeah, Racy Rice having a really good game is you know, getting in, getting into the end zone, five reception, sixty yards. Like that's that's about the ceiling on that. We can see Jamo get a couple of big long bombs, and if you get those, if you get those extra bonus points for long passes, I'm probably going to lean that way. But I'm is taking. It, uh, is it dynasty or is it redraft, Anthony? If you could, super deep PPR. I think I like JMO in re. I think I like the upside of JMO in a redraft because you're not stuck with a guy who's only played six. Okay, six career games and has two career receptions. Like that's it. That being said, his upside is off the charts. So if you can, if you have the ability to grab him, I think he's worth a stash in a roster that deep. And this is one of those that this would be the week to do it, right? If you grab him, mm-hmm. stash him, put him on your bench. I'm on Raw, yeah. With with the with that uh, situation looking that way, like this could be the game that he blows up a little bit and catches you know, a couple of deep shots, does just enough, and and you can potentially try and flip him. Um, on that one, because if he blows like up, I'm going lot. to. Yeah, if he's going to blow up, I'm going to immediately try and, um, you know, flip him for for something else out there. And you could you could work your way up the uh, receiving, you know, receiving roster uh, that way. I like that idea. All righty, let's go ahead and hit up the New York Jets. Come to Denver, taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos favored by two and a half. The over under 43 and a half thoughts on this one. The Broncos have been favored in every game this season and have yet to cover. I think that trend continues. I'm taking the jets. I am going to take the over. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. Um, potentially from both, both sides, right? Um, the Broncos have been able to put um, the points on the board. It's been the defense that's letting them down. So um, I like the jets, but I like the over. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets as well. Um, I also like the over on this one. Um, and for everybody out there that was talking about, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, Zach Wilson's not the answer. Like, he certainly looked really good playing against the Chiefs. Um, and funny enough that this last week was through – this is a stat that I saw out there that that was the first time Patrick Mahomes had been outdueled in a, in a game college professional, like first time that he had been out uh, that an opposing quarterback had more completions 
had more yardage than him, had equal amount of touchdowns, less interceptions. Like, by all intents and purposes, you look at the stat line, Zach Wilson outdid Patrick Mahomes when they played last week. Now, does that continue on? Probably. They get they get the easiest defense in the world to play against here in the Denver Broncos. So, um, who just, you know, who made Justin Fields look really, really good uh, playing against him. It made... Um, Sam Howell looked incredibly good when, when he played the Broncos earlier in the season. So I think this is another one where we see, uh, you know, Zach Wilson show up and have a really good game. Um, I'm taking the jets. I'm taking the over. And I think the running game also does incredibly well here. You know, both you and I picked uh, jets running backs to have, uh, have as our shine of the week for running backs on the Tuesday show. And I'm going to stick on that one. I'm going to, I'm going to call for my shine Brees hall to go over 59 and a half rushing yards. I like that. Um, I'm going to take the big play machine for the Broncos, Marvin Mims, to go over 25 and a half receiving yards. Um, his A dot is off the charts. R- Russell Wilson likes throwing that deep ball to Marvin Mims. Mims does a great job of tracking it and getting under it um, and, and, and really kind of helps this Broncos offense take the top off at times. Again, it's not the offense that's the problem. For all intents and purposes, Russell Wilson's playing better than Patrick Mahomes so far this year. He just he just is right now. We're we're through four games, right? So, you know, hot take, kind of. But if you're just looking at the statistics and you take the names out of it, right? Take the names out of it and just look at what they're doing statistically. Russell Wilson is playing better, much better than last year, and better than Patrick Mahomes, who's you know, uh, largely regarded as the top two quarterback in this league. So all that being said, Mims over 25 and a half, but I'm really glad I, I'm not going to this game on Sunday. <laughs> I'm right. glad I get to watch it from the couch. There you go. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's go ahead and hit up the, uh, the next match up here. We've got Kansas city heading over to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, Kansas city favored by three and a half, the over under on this one, 52 and a half thoughts on this one. There are only a couple dream matchups that a passing offense could desire to cure the woes of a slow start. The Minnesota Vikings are one of them. So I'm taking Kansas city to cover this. I'm taking the over. I think Kansas city, gets right, starts to go ham, um, and 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 this one's it could potentially be a shootout, right? Like you could see Kirk Cousins find a way to keep it close here a little bit um, with some of the chinks in the back end of, that Kansas City has. Um, but Kansas City, ultimately, I think they win this game uh, when it's all said and done with, cover the spread, and I'm taking the over. Lots of points. Yeah, I, this is a – this is a Kansas city team that has gotten a much slower start than what we've seen um, in the past with them. Right. Like usually we're, we're seeing lines where it's, you know, we're having to try and debate on whether or not they're going to win by double digit points instead of just, you know, are they able to sneak out a three and a half point victory against a one and three team that quite frankly, hasn't looked good throughout the season um, on that one as a complete football team. But I do think Kansas city wins this one. I do think we see the under on this one. Um, Yeah. As much as Kansas city has had some of its, uh, you know, it's kind of woes 
uh, early on in the season from what we're what we're comparatively used to seeing. Uh, Minnesota has also had a bunch of woes um, themselves there. So I do think we find a way to see this thing just come under. I'm not going to surprise me if we look up and we see this thing end up 28 to 24. Like that's kind of where I think that this one's going to come to play. Uh, so just barely on the under the hook puts me under um, one of the receiving props. I liked on this one was Justin Jefferson to go under 104.5 receiving yards. That's just a very, very big number to get to. And I think that he gets just under that. I'm going to take Cam Akers to go over 23 and a half yards rushing. I think we're going to continue to see him involved in this offense adds a little bit more um, speed to the backfield than what Alexander Madison has. And we started to see him get involved last week. And I think we can continue to see him involved where this truly becomes a timeshare. Um, so sorry if you're a Madison owner, um, but I'm going to take acres to go over 23 and a half. I just feel like that number for, for him and what is going to be going on in this game script, uh, you'll see plenty of volume from him. Agreed. All right, Edward over on YouTube. Uh, two full PPR. I think that's supposed to be yo. He's got a full PPR. Choose three. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Brees Hall, uh, Chris Olave, Travis Etienne. <clears throat> got to choose three. Olave, I think, might be my my odd man out just with the uh, just with the. Uh, the Derek Carr shoulder situation. I'd agree with that. Um, We've seen Buffalo give up yardage, right? They gave up yardage to ETN in week Mm -hmm. one. They gave up tons of yardage to Brees Hall. Um, uh, Brian Robinson didn't have a terrible or a terrible game necessarily when, when Washington played the bills. So there, there are chinks in that. So I, I think ETN will be just fine. Brees against the Broncos is a slam dunk must start. And Garrett Wilson, I, I think Garrett Wilson is able to get into the end zone, right? If nothing else, I think you get the six out of Wilson. Maybe it's only 70 yards, right, when he's traveling away from Patrick Sertan. Um, but I think he can find a way. I think he can find a way to get there and gets into the end zone as well. So I agree. Alave is your odd man out. It's ETN, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it's it's more of a case, too, with Alave and that, that Derek Carr shoulder injury like and that issue there. I just don't trust the – Garrett Wilson, I, I feel, at least gives me a pretty safe floor. Olave very well might have the higher ceiling of the two of these guys, but it's one of those that you could very well see a Chris Olave stat line this week of one reception for seven yards, or you could see him uncork for eight receptions, 102, and a touchdown. Like, But, the, the, but, but those are the variables in between there, whereas when you were talking about Garrett Wilson, I think you're right. I think this is very much a – you can see Garrett Wilson easily, you know, five grabs, 70 yards, and potentially a touchdown. Like I, I feel very confident in saying that kind of thing. And even if he doesn't get the touchdown, his, his floor I think is still five grabs for 70 yards. So, yeah, I think Wilson's guaranteed eight targets. Yep. Olave. That's, I think that's Olave is guaranteed five. Yeah. Like it will be better than last week. I do, I do believe that. But it's what Carr is able to do with those attempts. And even if he gets five targets, who knows if those things, while they are counted as targets, if they're actually on target and catchable balls. Like Correct. that's that's another big issue there. Correct. So as much as I wanted to say Olave, I just can't. Can't do it. I'm having to start Olave in the home league. Oh man. All right. 
Let's go ahead and get to our next matchup here. We got the Dallas Cowboys heading to the Bay to take on the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran is favored by four. The over-under on this one, 45. Thoughts on this one? I've been tossing and turning for this for this game. I, I'm I'm excited to watch this game. Like this is must-see TV. This is back to the 80s and 90s, right? Of of relevance for these two teams. And yes, Philly will have something to say about that in the NFC, but this very well could decide home field advantage in a playoff game. Um the Niners have knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs each of the last couple seasons. Um, both have been tightly contested games. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a very focused Cowboys team, unlike what we saw two weeks ago in their road game against Arizona. And I think San Francisco is going to match that. It'll be a Dallas covering the spread. I think it's a three point game. Um. And I'm going to take the under. I think the defenses are going to shine through here. I think you're going to see something 23 to 20 is kind of what I'm thinking this is this is going to shake out. At. Yeah, I was I, I kept coming back to 24 21 is where I kind of kept coming back to almost a push on that line. But I'm going to take the under because I, I I do think that this is going to be one of those that we see a very, very tightly contested game to the point where it's a field goal at the end of it. And I'm going to take Dallas to cover that as well. So I've got Dallas in the under right there with you. One of the props I really liked on this one, though, Brandon Ayuk to go over 56 and a half receiving yards. I found the props for this game to be set really well. I had a hard time yes. picking props for this game um, all the way across. And I settled on Brandon Cooks over 38 and a half receiving yards. He's been a little quiet here to start the season, um, but I do think San Francisco is going to make sure that CeeDee Lamb doesn't go off. And they're going to do what they can to try and contain Tony Pollard. And so that leaves Cooks as the man who needs to step up between him and Jake Ferguson to help Dak Prescott and the Cowboys move the ball enough to, to remain competitive here. So over 35 and a half for Brandon Cooks. I like it. All right, let's head to the Monday night game here. We got the, the Green Bay Packers heading out to Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders favored by a point. The over under 44 and a half on this one. What are your thoughts here? This is one of those situations where Vegas must know something I don't because I'd have told you Green Bay should have been a should have been a two point favorite on the road. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm taking Green Bay to cover. I'm going to take check my notes. I want to take the over, so I'm hoping that's what I put in our notes. I did. Okay, um, I'm taking the over here. I think we're going to see some points. Um, Green Bay not so great against the run, so I think that leads towards Josh Jacobs uh, having a a very good game here against the Packers. And the Raiders, not very good against the pass. So I think that that leads to Josh Dobbs and Christian Watson both having solid games uh, for Green Bay against the Raiders. Yeah, I I think this is going to be a kind of a 24-21 matchup again, right? So we get to just barely on the over here. Um I do like the Green Bay, right? Like, I think Green Bay is going to win this thing outright. Uh, so the fact that they get you know a point on top of that just makes me feel even better. So I'm going to take Green Bay. Going to take the over. One of the props that I saw out there that I really liked on this one, and it felt, you know, felt like it was uh, way too low there. But with Romeo Dobbs to go over three and a half rece- uh, re- three and a half receptions. I like that one as well. And you took it before I could get to it, so I pivoted. 
and I'm doing a combined reception total between Romeo Dobbs and Devonte Adams over 15 and a half receptions between the two of them. I like it. And that's a, that's an interesting one too, because when you, when you look at the fact that they've got the Dobbs line set at three and a half and they've got that combined set at 15 and a half, they, they've got to have the almost, you know, just logic would tell you that, that Devonte Adams has got to be set at about 12 receptions. Yeah. Which like I think that might be a little high, right? Like right. I, I think we're going to see something like nine and seven. Yep. Or 10 and six, like something like that um, is kind of where I see that out. So individually, I would take, you know, if you broke that out individually, you're right. I would probably take Devonta Adams on the under just slightly, but I like the Dobbs over as well. So I think it marries out. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, any other thoughts on any of the uh, any of the games, anything like that that you want to hit up? Good slate of games, man. There's a lot. There's a lot of good games on this weekend. Like, I'm interested to watch the London game, right? And with it being standalone, I think it gives me a reason to get up and have a cup of coffee and watch some football in the morning before, you know, everybody's kind of hustling and bustling around. But it, it wraps up with a great Sunday night game, right, and a really good Monday night game too. So, um, the primetime games are spot on this week. For, for your Sunday and Monday slates. So kudos to the NFL for getting those right. And then, you know, some high high scoring potential games in the process. Um, so I, yes, there's a couple stinkers or low scoring games that we think, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points to be had this weekend. So don't give up hope if you got scorched by Fields and DJ Moore on Thursday night. Yeah, that's one of those that that is a, uh, that is a tough one to try and haul all back from i was trying to look up and see if we get to see that toy story type of uh, game here again on the uh on uh, sunday but i'm not seeing that one out there so and that was, was that was fun for the kids right yes. like yes the adults you know you didn't it wasn't for the adults it was for the kids right it was supposed to be entertaining a way to introduce them to football and kind of have it on their level you know slinky was was the chains, right? Like that was, that was fun, right? They had fire under people's feet as they were breaking away. Like the hits were fun. Like it, it was something creative for the kids. So they're, they're trying, right? They have to expand their fan base. You can't just live in the realm of a stagnant audience. Otherwise you turn into baseball, right? You end up with a bunch of 70 year old men predominantly who Talk about the good old days, right? They have to keep expanding to new audiences. So right, wrong, or indifferent, this Toy Story thing works. And the Taylor Swift coverage works too, right? They are drastically the the realm of reach because of those two things exponentially grew the reach that the NFL has, both young to older and across genders and, and you know, everything else. So don't be get off my lawn guy about that. It's good for football. Like it will mean a better experience for fantasy, a better experience for the youth coming up and being engaged and wanting to watch and participate in it. Enjoy the ride guys. Like I get it. If you don't like that, hit mute. If you don't want to listen to him talk about Taylor Swift, hit mute, right? Turn to the, the radio broadcast and sync it with your TV. Because they don't talk about Taylor Swift on the radio. They no, only they talk about her on the telecast. So there's ways around it. Don't be a fuddy-duddy, though. Like, that's not fun for anybody. Can I be a fuddy-duddy about baseball, though? 
You can be funny, Duddy, about baseball. Okay. Like I, I mean, I happened to see two innings of the Rangers and whoever the heck the Rangers were playing in the wild card round. See, th- th- this tells you how close I wasn't paying attention. Only two innings of baseball I've watched all year long. And I think it's going to be the only two innings I do watch all year long. Like, I might catch an inning of the World Series. No. Fair enough. I, it's I, not uh, where my lifestyle leads, man. Like, I, I am football, football, football. I tune into the NHL because I like watching the Avalanche. And as I get older, I do enjoy it more. And outside of that, I can only have so many vices. <laughs> I love my family. Like, I love my family. I don't want them to <laughs> resent the fact that I just sit down and watch it all day. Fair enough. I, uh, I the thing that I never understood about baseball is how you take uh, 162 games to figure out the like you know six teams that that uh, you know are worthy to play for the the playoffs there, and they seem to just continually keep expanding that thing. So, yeah, shorten the game down, shorten the shorten the MLB season down to 54 games. I'll watch some. Get rid of two thirds of it, and I'll I'll start watching it. So make make it a sprint, not a marathon. Right. Well, I mean, realistically, right, when you look at the statistical things there as well, just about just about every team out there in baseball, and you can look across just about every season, doesn't matter, right? Like there are and there's some outliers there, but for the most part, every team is gonna win 54 games, every team's gonna lose 54 games. The only thing that matters is those other 54 games on the schedule there. So that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Just make it. Just make the season 54 games, and let's uh, let's go that let's go that route. And then if we want to have a, a very expanded playoffs, then let's do it. But that's 162 games to to seemingly let you know two thirds or a third of the league into the playoffs picture. No thanks. It make for better baseball. Your your ace pitchers would would throw more, right? Mm-hmm. You're spreading those games out a little bit more, and now they're built in four or five days rest in between games. A lot of cases. Right. Right, where you'd sit there and, yeah, not only that, you start doing it where, um, you know, same thing with basketball. You know, two-thirds of the league makes it into the, the playoffs these days, and you got teams with losing records fighting to take on the number one seed. Like, that's just whatever. I'm not excited by it. For those that are, my apologies that I'm, tra- that I'm uh, you know, speaking ill of your um, – You ain't sport, wrong. But. Expanding it to ten teams from each conference is hot garbage. Well, and to play eighty-two games to get there, so we can we can yeah. only eliminate a third of the the things. Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. So anyway, moving on. Uh, if anybody has any other questions, anything like that for your fantasy teams, for any of the games that we covered, hit us up. Let us know. Put that in the uh, the chat here. We'll uh, we'll hit those up. Uh, but make sure that you get those in here quick because we're going to start signing off and calling this a night. Uh, Kevin, any final thoughts out there? Um. Move and shake, man. Move and shake. Now's now's when you really start jockeying, right? By weeks, you kind of get in the grind, battle of attrition, injuries, by weeks, um, all the things. So absolutely look at trade offers, right? Um, see what's gonna do for your team. But don't make moves just to make moves either. If you started out four and oh or three and one, there's a reason you started out four four and oh or three and one. Like understand where your strengths are you know, and, and play into those and then also understand where your deficiencies are and try to improve. So hang in there. We got a lot, we got a lot of season left. Absolutely. Right. And and it was maybe a week ago, week and a half ago on one of these shows that you can start off 0 and 4 in the play uh, in your fantasy season, 
and you can find a way to chip away and keep at it to be able to get into the playoffs. And that's all you got to do. Get into the playoffs and uh, have maximized your roster at that point to be able to rock and roll and make the moves that make sense to be able to, to win three games at the end of the season. That's all you got to do. You got you to compete in order to get into the dance, and then it's three games in a row, and yep. you'll walk away a champion. So, and we do have a list of uh, buy low, sell high candidates mm-hmm. out on YouTube. Derek got all that stuff pushed out. We talked about it on our Tuesday night show. Um, yep. So it's out there wherever you consume your, your content. So if you're looking for some ideas, um, some guys that maybe you need to target or some guys that uh, you could possibly sell off and acquire more targets if you're thin on that depth piece and need a little bit of um, strength across multiple positions, uh, we, we have some content out there for you guys to check it out. Yep, and right now it's still in the last like half hour of the Tuesday episode. So you, you can look the live on that one, the the week four into week five live from the Tuesday show. And it's, it's on there and you can go through that. We'll have the, the individual video on that pushed out here. Um, here tomorrow is when it's scheduled to roll. So we'll get that thing rock and rolled there. So um, alrighty, we've got uh, one last question uh, two last questions. Now that that other one popped in there. Uh, so we'll hit up these couple of questions. We're going to call it a night here. Start three PPR Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, Brandon, Ayuk, Nico Collins, everybody, but Christian Watson in my, in my book. Yeah, I, I think I think the possible pivot is between Watson and Ayuk, but Wilson and Collins to me are the must starts there. If the matchup with Dallas, you know, worries you, I guess would be the right word. Uh, Watson does have an easier matchup, but Brandon Ayuk has has been uh, Purdy's go-to when he's been healthy. So I do think that you can count on Brandon Ayuk giving you a very strong floor in the Sunday night game. All righty. Uh, Chandler over on YouTube, straight a trade Stroud, Evans, and Connor for Josh Allen and Lockett. I'm assuming this is Mike Evans. I would assume that as well. And I get the appeal of, of Josh Allen there, but I don't know that I'm making the three for two trade on this one. I don't know. The problem is with the Bucks being on the bye this week, we haven't gotten – they're not obligated to update on injuries, right? right? So we know that Mike Evans tweaked his hamstring. We know that he was going in for an MRI. We do not know the results. We do not know the time frame. Um, Phils and Stroud, Pollard, Pollard, Etienne, Gainwell. Keenan Evans, Mari Christian Watson, Terry. Yeah. So if you I, already have fields. I don't know that I do it, right? Like, you, I think you are going to continue to see fields improve. I think the first half against Denver and mostly the first half, but really the whole game that he put together against Washington, I, I think that they're finding things to build off on in Chicago. So I don't know that you need to chase Josh Allen. However, The only thing that worries me on this one there is what it does to his depth at running back. Yeah, because Kelly is relevant once. Yeah, and Eckler's Eckler, we could very well see him yeah. as soon as the bye week's done. So uh you know, Kelly's pretty much a a, a no go for me. Gangwell, 
uh, has fully seeded what, what we thought was going to be kind of his role to DeAndre Swift in that, that backfield there. And at um, any moment that feels like it could change, right? Like right. you could see Rashad Penny all of a sudden emerge and then it's Penny and Swift for a few weeks and Gainwell's not playing, or then you could see it be Penny and Gainwell and Swift's not like that backfield is still interesting. Swift's definitely the hot hand, but I don't know that you make this. I, I like the upside that we've seen from fields here the last couple weeks. And I don't know that it means that you need to give up three pieces to go and Stroud's been very competent, right? Not Josh Allen good, but he has been very good as a number two quarterback. And I don't think you need to sacrifice the running back depth this early in the season. Right. And that's you need Pollard, Etienne, and Connor throughout the year, right? You need right. you'd like to have a three running back stable and we as fantasy owners are generally running back deprived. So any running back I'm trading generally needs to have a little bit more weight than what initially is associated with it because everybody's looking for another back. Right. Well, and and I get it too, because this week that's a really hard um, deal when you're looking at that with Keenan, Evans, and Amari. All those guys are on, on bye this week. Uh, so really, you're you're rolling out uh, Christian Watson and Terry uh, McLaurin, which we would have already have had to play Terry last week, last night. Yeah, so you're but, Pollard, Etienne, and Connor. Yeah, while Josh Allen is the is the best player in the deal, like, and I get that. And normally, we're on the side to take the best player in the deal. This is one of those that I think that you're going to you're going to ultimately kind of come up limping a little bit um, because if anything, if Pollard misses any time, Etienne misses any time, you're you know, waiver wire fodder in at your RB two, and that's that's going to be a really tough one to to try and roll. So I wouldn't do it, but I, I get where your where your thought process is there to try and make that happen. I just wouldn't pull the trigger on it. Any other thoughts there? No, cosign. Okay. I, I really think we need more information on Evans before we make any rash decisions because he's played very well for Tampa Bay. Baker's been finding him. Um, so as great as Keenan Allen has been, right, wide receiver one or two, depending on scoring formats, really, um, Evans has been a top 10 play in his own right. And I want to know more about this hamstring, whether it was just a tweak and the week off came at the perfect time. If it's going to be a little bit more serious, then I think it's time to worry about moving and shuffling here a little bit. But I'm not willing to sacrifice it. Right. And Chandler saying thanks, y'all liked and subbed. Uh, very much appreciate you. that. Uh, Vision asking start Matthew Stafford or start CJ Stroud, and I'm assuming that that is this week. I'm I'm going to start Stroud. Um, Matthew Stafford, I think, will get you there on the yardage, but he's not getting the ball into the end zone. Yes, you could see that change a little bit now that Cup is back, but it's kind of with having Stroud right there and what he's been able to do with moving that ball and utilizing Dell and Nico. Um, yeah, I think, man, I'm going Stroud. We like, but we like the over, right? We did say that mm -hmm. we like the over for that game with them. It's a 50 point over. I'm going to lean Stroud because he's been putting the ball in the end zone if your gut says start Stafford, I'm not going to fight you on it. Yeah, I 
I'm kind of right there with you. Like I personally, I'd probably roll Stroud on that one just because yeah, he's been just rolling lately. What are your uh, rankings say, D? Uh, right now, Stroud is about two positions ahead of Matt Stafford, right? Like you're talking uh, CJ Stroud, QB 13 on the week, Stafford, QB 16 on the week. So that's kind of, they're kind of one and the same there, right? Like you're realistically talking about half a point difference in projections when that kind of all comes through. Uh, Stroud has the tougher matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta far more stingy about giving up points to the quarterback. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they just try and chew up so much time on the clock that it takes possessions away from the opposing quarterback. But this is three weeks in a row. We've seen CJ Stroud put up over 20 points of fantasy for you. Uh, Matthew Stafford has yet to touch 20 points on the week. So I'm going to roll with the hot hand. I'm going to ride with the hot hand. I'm going to take CJ Stroud on this one. Um, Matthew Stafford, juicy, juicy matchup. But if it's one of those that we see Matthew Stafford again throw for, yep, even call it 320 yards and only gets one touchdown, like that's probably good for QB 15 on the week, QB 14 on the week type of deal. Um, whereas I think Stroud, yeah, Stroud's 235 more, and two plus some rushing yards. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to lean Stroud on that one. They're close, but I'm going to go with Stroud. All right. Josh Allen, Debo, or Stroud, and Keenan was another one he sent. So you get Josh Allen and Debo, or Stroud and Keenan Allen. I still want the Stroud and Keenan Allen at that point. I don't, to full disclosure there, Chandler, I am not a believer in uh, the Debo fantasy points this year. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy that that outscores and outproduces that and very much on the record all the way back in July and August saying that. Yeah, cosign. Like you're, you're just swapping where the points are coming from, right? And what you gain out of Allen, I feel like you lose in consistency in, in Debo. The ceiling is about the same between Allen and Debo, but the consistency, especially with Mike Williams being on the IR, is with Keenan Allen. They both have the injury history, right, where it can come up and kind of bite them a little bit and they miss some time. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I sit tight on this one. If it was Stroud and Keenan Allen, I might lean that way. Or excuse me, Mike Evans, I might lean that way. Only because of the injury. Right. So if you if you're dying for Josh Allen, and I guess this is the question we didn't ask. How many quarterbacks do you start each week? Like if yeah, you're only, if, if you're only starting one, no. Like there's really no point in this. If you have to start two, the consistency of Allen and the high upside of Fields and the high upside of Allen with this consistency, I do think that might edge it over just a little bit. Um, but if you're only starting one, I still don't see a point in doing this. Yeah, if I'm only starting one, and that's actually a really good point that you make. If I'm only starting one, there's zero chance that I'm doing this deal, right? Like Fields, I think we're going to see the turnaround. I think we're going to see him be very fantasy relevant going forward. And CJ Stroud, like I just said, is on a tear 20 plus points um, last three matchups out there. And these are all matchups that we thought were going to not be very good. Like that pitch Pittsburgh matchup 
We talked about that last Friday when we were talking about that. CJ Stroud had, was up to that point incredibly good at getting um, at doing well with a clean pocket. Last last week they got a little bit of pressure on him, not as much as I would have thought. But it's it a still clean pocket, man. It was, was what they did against that pass rush was impressive. Right, and so like these these guys are stepping up and doing it for him. So I, it's a single QB league. Yeah, I'm I'm holding Pat on that one. Uh, Vision asking, can I see your QB rankings for the week? I have not fully published them yet, Vision. Um, I am an expert consensus ranker on Fantasy Pros, and I will get those published sometime this weekend, and you can check those uh, rankings out on the uh, Fantasy Pros website, so fantasypros.com, and um, you can search for the good old boys' rankings on that one. Um, Antone over on YouTube needs some running back depth. Any buy low candidates? We did spend a whole lot of time on the Tuesday show talking about buy low candidates on that one being Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, um, Austin Eckler, even um, on that point. In fact, Kevin just pulled off a trade in our home league, our league of records, so to speak, um, where he got Brees Hall and traded away Ramadre Stevenson and Cortland Sutton. I, I, I felt like that was a, a pretty pretty good deal and and definitely kind of a buy low on that one because I think – and if you want Brees Hall, this is going to be the last week you're going to be able to get him on a buy low. You're going to have to play a premium going forward. Uh, Josh Jacobs, similar thing, right? Like I think we're about to see kind of the uptake on this one. This is one of those – we even said this before the season. It was going to take three to four weeks before we really see him start to kind of return to form and get back into football shape. So uh, that's another guy that you could go out and target. Aaron Jones coming off of a bad performance last week. Like this is as low as you're going to be able to get him if you want the uh, the Aaron Jones experience there. But yeah. there's three – Three Isaiah running backs. Checo is another guy that you could look at, right? Yes, he just had a pretty good game against the Jets, um, but generally people find him to be a less desirable piece. So you can typically get him for a little bit cheaper, and he's involved in a high-powered offense, so you know he's going to be on be on the offensive, right? They're not they're not typically stuck on the sideline as much as teams try and get him there. So I think that's one. Um, Yeah, I think that's those are kind of the, the clear-cut options, if you will. Damian Pierce is a guy mm -hmm. who is another one, I guess. The efficiency hasn't been there yet, but I feel like the more C.J. Stroud continues to show that he can do this as a passer, defenses are going to back up, start showing them some different things, and that means Damian Pierce is going to be more valuable than ever to this offense to be able to continue to move the chain. So Damian Pierce might be another buy-low option. So there's right. there's definitely some some ways to look at that, um, and and some avenues to go if if you need some running back depth and what you can do. Right, and it all depends too on how you approach the deal, right? Like if you're going to go for a buy low guy and you're trying to trade running back for running back, you're going to have to also put uh, do a two for one type of deal in a lot of cases there, right? Like, um, you know, put in a, a wide receiver with you know some decent upside, decent floor, something like that into it. And you're going to have to kind of look at it that way. But um, it's those buy lows. Sometimes you got to, you got to work those deals a little bit and massage those deals to make them uh, come to fruition for you. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Chandler was saying that he was thinking the same thing um, on the Josh Allen, Debo and Stroud deal. Just wanted to hear it from somebody else. So Goodness, awesome. Good luck yeah, to you, man. Yep, you can always bounce those off of us. We'll uh, we'll play sounding board for you. 
Uh, JAC traded Hollywood Brown for Stevenson last week. The guy I traded with wanted to trade back with me as the commissioner asked the league if it was okay if we trade back and they were cool with it. Um, if it's just up to me, I want to reverse the trade. What should I do? As of now, I don't want too much to do with the Pats offense, but I'm hearing things like Brown may be dealt here soon. Who would y'all prefer between the two going forward? It's a three-quarter PPR. Uh, main running backs are Pollard, Ecker, Rashad White, and main wide receivers are Ridley, St. Brown, Judy, and Thielen. So, right. so back but, to the beginning. Brown, yep. over Brown Stevenson. for Stevenson. Hollywood Two. Brown for Ramadre Stevenson. And so now you'd be getting Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, Brown back, back. Mm-hmm. over Ramadre Stevenson. With your running back room, the way it's sitting. Sorry, Derek, if you can go back down. Thank you. Um, Pollard, Eckler, White. I like that as a main stable um, with those being the main. I think Brown helps your roster more than Stevenson does, especially with St. Brown not playing this week. If you're not tied to it and everybody's cool with it, then I would flip it back. Like I just haven't seen enough out of Stevenson. Yes, it hurts this week. Right. Yes, you are going to have to figure out what you're doing at your RB2 position besides Tony Pollard in a tough matchup against San Francisco for this week. But Brown is also down. Um, so you can play Ridley, Marquise Brown, and Thielen or Judy, which I mean, I would lean Judy, but I understand Thielen's kind of had the hot hand there in Carolina, if you want to say that. Um, and roll from there. So if everybody's cool with it and you want to swap it back, man, uh, I think, I think Brown helps your roster more than Rid or Stevenson will, especially because you're getting Eckler and Rashad white back for, for week six and going forward. So, you know, you're always going to have those two to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I'd, I'd take the Hollywood Brown side of that as well. Yeah, you just, you're, you're pretty well set at running back there and the, and the wide receivers, are going to because you're Ridley's been underwhelming outside of right. a game. But he's a he's a buy low candidate for us as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, and he's a guy that that we could see pop, and the talent is certainly there. No, absolutely. I think the best is still to come for Judy. Thielen's mm-hmm. kind of a sell high candidate, honestly. Yep. Like <clears throat> that is a potential option if you still want another piece at running back. You know, if you can move Thielen for. Uh, trying to think who I've moved Thielen for, honestly. Here's a crazy thought for you. What if, and I could be could be a little uh, out in left field here, but what if you tried to package Hollywood Brown and Thielen for with the Josh Jacobs manager? Seeing if you seeing if you rolled that way. Do you think it's a little bit too much of an overpay or? If they need help at receiver, I think it would fit for them. If they don't need help at receiver. It's just kind of one of those things, yeah. I'd kind of be looking for something else. Um, But I think there's some other options. But regardless of, you're good to to change it back. It was good that you got everyone's buy-in. If no one cared and you want to, and if you agree that you want to swap them back, swap them back. Actually, that's that's the deal. Try and uh, there you go. Try and get uh, Thielen and and approach the uh, 
the Brees Hall manager and see if you can't make a deal there with Thielen and a piece. Maybe a little bit of a yeah, tougher I sell, do, but it, you could do. I, I'd toss out Thielen and Rashad White. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a big upgrade, and that would fully solidify your running back room rest of the season. Uh, Vision saying that they subbed and liked. Appreciate that very much. Um, Anton, would you do you think Barkley will play this week? I think it's leaning towards yes that he uh, he suits up and plays. Um, again, one of those that if I've got other options, I'll probably pivot on that one just because it is the Monday night game. If I have Burita out there, sure, I'll 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 entertain that one. But the problem is, is that by the time you figure out whether or not he's really going to play, you're going to be pivoting options or or darn near you know nothing. I think he plays, but I'm weary of it for another option. If this game gets out of control, right, like the Seattle game last week, like the Dallas game in week one, if this game gets out of hand, the Giants have no reason to play Barkley, right? right. He's just coming back. It's going to be the middle of the day down in Miami where it's going to be hot and muggy and everything else. Let Matt Breida do his thing in, you know, the back half of the third and fourth quarter and all those touches that you thought were going to go to Barkley aren't going to be there. Like, so yes, I think he plays, but the matchup's terrible. And with how I see the game script going, Barkley is going to underperform to your expectations. Uh, yes. Ty, what is up fellas? Not much. We are just wrapping up here, answering any last questions folks got for, uh, for the fantasy teams before we call it a night here. JAC saying, I have an offer sitting in my request. He's offering Mostert and Sutton for Thielen and Rashad White's hard pass. Straight up hard pass. So uh, Rashad White being the only guy in Tampa as opposed to Raheem Mostert being one of two and soon one of three running backs in Miami. Um, I'm not doing that. <clears throat> Sutton might be a little bit more of a consistency upgrade over Thielen, but I think you take the downgrade at running back and it's not worth it. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that, Cosine. So, all righty. Well, we do appreciate everybody tuning in and all of the questions in the chat. Love going through these and, and talking it out and answering questions, all of that good stuff. Uh, that is going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back on Tuesday um, at the normal time, 11 p.m. Eastern here. Uh, Ty has one question. I'm just waiting for it to populate here, and then we'll oh, get that one up. Uh, so, Ty, 10-person PPR, Fields, Pollard, Jacobs, Diggs. Are you sure this is a 10-person league? Like, you got a stacked roster here. Anyway, Fields, Pollard, uh, Jacobs, Diggs, A.J. Brown, uh, Andrews, Aaron Jones, Bench has Waddle, uh, JT, Sanders, Dobbs, Charbonnet, um, QJ, there you go, uh, Roshan, Spears, Elijah, Spears, and Stroud. What moves should I make? Um, your None. biggest, your biggest challenge is going to be making sure that you insert the right guy into your roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just kind of going through that. I'm assuming it's a single, uh, single QB league fields has come on. I think you'll be good rest of the season with that Pollard and Jacobs. I think you're good rest of the season with those and Jigs and AJ Brown. Right? I mean, having JT there and Aaron Jones, like it's a hell of a running back room. Holy yeah. 
and it's one of those and and standard like you're. I think you're good. I think, yeah, I think your biggest decision back. this week is Aaron Jones over Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's where your decision is this week. So yeah, it's uh, one flex, two running back, two wide receiver, one QB. Yeah, like um, you're. You're I, pretty. He's made six trades already. Good, Lord. good for you, man. And I, I, I was gonna say, there's no way that you did that you put together that roster outside of a dynasty type of deal without making a ton of trades. And Ty, you've you've done incredibly well for yourself on making those trades and coming out what I would assume what I would assume to be ahead on each one of those deals. So I don't think you need to make any other moves. This is one of those that you just kind of sit back and you raw and you you manage your roster and you uh, just make the smart lineup decisions week in week out. And uh, this is championship caliber here. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would lean Waddle over Aaron Jones this week, but I am. I would do that too. I am almost. What's the right way to put this? I am dangerously forcing Jalen Waddle because I know he's going to pop and I refuse to miss it. That's fair. Um, Actually, here's an interesting one. Would you give up JT and Dobbs for, I'm assuming that's Keenan Allen there. The Keenan Allen manager needs a running back bad. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to making that move, but I'm not going to make the move with uh, JT. Right? Like, I'd, I'd probably throw out Miles Sand- if there's If they're that running back starved, I'd throw out Miles Sanders and... You know, Miles Sanders and, and Romeo Dobbs, you could go Miles Sanders and even the Roshan or Tajay Spears type of thing and, and try that too if they're that running back needy. Um, sometimes those those two-for-one on running backs that are never going to see the day of light on your roster here. Yeah, I could, I'd agree with that. Like, I don't think JT needs to be part of it. Yeah. Although I, the anticipation of Jonathan Taylor might be the highest his ceiling gets all year, right? Like that's cool. what we're trying to debate as fantasy owners who have him on our roster. Like, okay, he's off the pup list. Like, is this is this anticipation almost like uh it's almost like going into a dynasty draft, right? Where these picks all of a sudden amplify in price by ten times. Right. Um But yeah, if I'm if I'm giving up JT, I would do like that's one of those. If I'm giving up JT, like it's not going to be that I'm including another player in that deal, especially for a team that's running back starved. Yeah, like I'm I'm playing that one. But would you do it with Aaron Jones? Doesn't want Sanders unless he gets Waddle too, and I'm not doing nope. that. Obviously, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the Waddle in there. <laughs> so, would you do it with Aaron Jones and a piece? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd do it. Jones and Dobbs. Give them both the Packers for right. the clear right. number one in a high, high profile passing offense that Kellen Moore is running right now and, and get Keenan Allen. I'd, I'd give that up with what you have on your roster. Yeah. I agree. With that. I'd agree. I'm not giving up Waddle. Okay. I like it. So, Ty, you've done very well for yourself. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So we're just going to say, Hey guys, help me pick three running backs to start this week. Considering all injury factors, Barkley Hall, Camara, JT, uh, Brees Hall automatic start. Kevin's really high on, on Camara this week. 
I don't know about really high. I'm just high on his receiving yards. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, The Barkley train worries me, right? He's coming off of. Barkley and JT both worry me. They do. I feel like the Colts are going to be in that game a lot more than the Giants are going to be in that game this week. I'm going Hall, Kamara, and Barkley. Because right. that's how much I don't think of JT. Um, I get that. Like, um, we don't know if he's going to be on a snap count. We don't know. Like we, They say he's in shape, but he's not in game shape, right? So he's right. already going to be giving more to Zach Moss now than what he would be here in a couple weeks. In my opinion, the Titans running defense is stout, is very stout. All right, Barkley's at least going to get you the receptions, right? You can see five catches out of Barkley and, and, and get you some extra yardages there or yardage there and points in PPR leagues. So I would lean Barkley Hall Kamara. Okay. All right. I'll co-sign with you. Uh, Sober Money on YouTube asking Dynasty PPR Superflex, would you trade Amon Ra and Kyler for Anthony Richardson and Addison? Ooh. I'd rather have uh, on the wide receiver side, I'd rather have the St. Brown side. What Kyler's future at this point is kind of concerning. So I, I might think take... I do this. Yeah. Who are your other quarterbacks? So yes, yes, you have Kyler, but what other quarterbacks are you rocking on this roster? Yeah. So everybody put that in the chat and just tell us what your other uh other QBs in this dynasty uh super flex are. Uh because that will certainly determine the answer there. I'm leaning yes though. I'm not Two opposed rookies. to rookies. Richardson's look good. He's got Burrow and Stroud. <laughs> Burrow and Stroud. And then you got and then you could have Richardson and Addison there. Sober money. Are so you- if you do this right, you don't have to worry about quarterback for the next 10 years. Right. Easily. Like that, yeah. that's a sim- essentially what we're saying. Right. So if you do the deal in a position that is so hard, especially in super flex leagues, you don't have to worry about quarterback for 10 years because of who you have and, and what they're, Potential ceilings are, especially with Richardson and Stroud, right, being in their first season. But I think I do this. Like St. Brown has not played. I I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I I really do. I think he is a tremendous player to watch. If he misses this game, this just continues the streak. If he has yet to play an entire season without getting injured and banged up, Addison we like in a pass-happy Vikings offense that as long as he's attached with Justin Jefferson, I think they're going to continue to throw the ball. You're not going to change the dynamic of that offense with those two high-profile wide receivers and do it to run the ball with with Alexander Madison. And he has Waddle, Higgins, JSN, Brees Hall. Yeah, I I think I'm doing it. it. I think you do it. It sets you a quarterback, right? And then – while other teams are, are are jockeying for position at at quarterback and and 
trading their futures away to try and get the potential one guy. You have film on two rookie quarterbacks, both who have played well to this point. Time will tell. But then you can worry about skill position players, which are generally easier to hit on. I, I think I do this. Yeah, and it, especially because it looks like he's a it's a young roster too. So you can you can solidify away the quarterback room, like Kevin said, for the next 10 years being a dynasty. And you can then start picking off um, what you need around the rest of the roster to do it. And you can be sitting there on draft day drafting best player available instead of having to go for, I have to have this running back, or I have to have a wide receiver, or I have to have whatever that looks like. So that way you can just take best player available. And that will, and that's ultimately where you, where you build those dynasty rosters that are really good and able to compete for championships year in, year out. Essentially means he'd have picks two, three, five and six in this last year's rookie draft. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those that it sounds like you kind of went through a little bit of a rebuild there, but I, I would say very well done. So I like it. I like it. I like what yeah. it means for the future. So absolutely. I don't have a problem doing it. Alrighty. There's, I got to find our spot here. Alrighty. So we got a lot of comments in here and I'm just kind of going through what the ones I saw pop through first and I will get through them all. Just be patient with us. Uh, Tingly, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but uh, Heyo helps with starting two Camara Pacheco, Achan, uh, full PPR. I'm going Achan and and Camara. That's how I'm going to roll on this one. I'm going Achan and Pacheco. Okay, reason for Pacheco over Camara. Uh, easier matchup, higher point total in the game. Fair enough. I'm with the full PPR side of that. That's where it brought me to Camara was the fact that, you know, we, we talked about that one quite a bit. And, and we, I, I do think that you were right when you were talking about that game, that we do see Camara get a lot of targets and some good reception work on that. Um, so I think he can PPR his way uh, just past Pacheco this week, but it's those points are going to come ugly versus Pacheco. Um, I think we'll we'll have a more traditionally good game. So kind of where I'm at. Um this was back to the Barkley the Barkley Hall Camara JT question on starting those. They couldn't pull off any moves. They were trying to move Barkley and trade him away to get an elite wide receiver. The wide receiver room that they've got is a lot of depth, but enlisting an elite piece. It's got Devontae, Amari, Godwin, uh, Jacoby Myers, McLaurin, and Palmer. Uh, I don't know Devontae that you're necessarily... still your elite piece, right? Like, right. I think he's still your elite piece. With Mike Evans up in the air, Godwin could emerge as a clear-cut second wide receiver on your team, and then you're playing matchups between Amari Cooper, Jacoby Myers, Terry McLaurin. Right. Josh Palmer's just a guy, right? Josh Palmer's the jag. The rest right. of these guys, you, you got some good pieces here. I think you're all right. Yeah. And I, I, I guess, too, that's one of those that, like, I get that Saquon Barkley has a lot of name power behind him, but he's far more of a buy low candidate than a sell high kind of candidate. And if you're looking for an elite piece and we're saying that Devontae, in, and you're thinking that Devontae Adams is outside of the 
elite wide receiver range who Devonte Adams, we do all of our scoring, all of our stuff based off of a half point PPR. Cause it kind of sits in the middle of uh full point and sits uh, and standard Devonte Adams is wide receiver seven on the week. So the elite wide receivers uh, based on scoring, Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Puka Nakua. Like that's really kind of the only guys outside of DJ Moore's blow up game last night that are above him. So, when you're looking at that, like I wouldn't be trading away. I wouldn't be trading a Justin Jefferson for a Saquon Barkley or a Tyree kill for a Saquon or a Keenan Allen or a Stefan Diggs for that. Uh, you might be able to do, I, I'd probably trade Puka Nakua for uh, Saquon at that point, but right. Like that's just because the Cooper cup coming back and there's some question marks there. Whereas Saquon healthy, we know what that role is. So that's, that's the reason you're, you're not finding an elite wide receiver out there. Give it and two I don't, weeks. Right. Give it a couple of weeks. And if, and with your running back room, the way it is, and with guys starting to really have to go through the gauntlet of bye weeks here, and they're going to start really, really feeling like they need running back help there. You'll be able to, the trade value on Saquon will inevitably rise, especially when he has a couple of good games and he's healthy. Yeah. Right now it's tough to trade off a running back 27 for a a wide receiver top five. You're not going to do it. So, all right. Uh, Priceless Pigeon over on Twitch just traded Herbert and Mostert for a Devontae Adams good trade. I don't hate it. You got the best player in the deal. Uh, I would disagree. It was, oh. Her- it was Justin Herbert and Mostert for Devontae Adams. I. Oh, I thought it was Khalil Herbert. Yeah, Justin I thought Herbert. so too when that was. Who's who's the quarterback you have left on your roster? Is yeah, the question, is the question I have for you. Yeah, uh, and if it was a single QB league, I can be more understanding of that. But if it's a super flex and you just traded away a, a top, if you, it's a super flex and you just traded away a top five quarterback, top two quarterback, um, and the, who was the top, who was the number one quarterback coming into last night's game? Justin Fields has now edged him out on total points, but like that's a, that's a tough move to make there. So, um, priceless pigeon, if you can hit us up with who your other quarterback is, uh, we could hit that one up. Uh, Ty asking, do we play DFS like DraftKings? We uh, play a little bit here and there. Yeah. Any other? It's yeah. It's not my it's not my go to just because I have so many dynasty and redraft leagues, right? Uh, I'm in too much of that arena to be able to sink more time into the DFS arena. I, I, I dabble at best, I think is the word I'd use for it time, but uh, I am familiar with it. Yeah. I, I probably play more single game slates like the Thursday night games. I usually throw a couple of DFS lineups out there. The Monday night games I usually do on that one um, just to kind of make those ones a little more interesting for me, but that's that's kind of where I where I do. I don't do many of the the Sunday slates. Rusty Violet, um, twelve person PPR. Do I trade Ramondre Stevens and Amon Rossi Bound for Rashad White and Jalen Waddle? No, I don't know that there's enough separate. There is separation between White and Stevenson, but. But I like the upside more on on St. Brown than I do Waddle. 
Like I get, we'll see what'll pop and we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll but he's still number two, right? Like right. we saw St. Brown finish above him last year. He's currently outpacing him this year. White and Stevenson, you get a slight upgrade, but I don't know. I don't think I do this one. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just kind of moving some names around at that point. And in, in my opinion, like it's not really going to be one of those that you're going to get anything blockbuster out of this thing. Uh, and especially in a PPR, Amon Rice St. Brown's going to be typically going to outpace Waddle in that one. Same thing too. Ramadre Stevenson, I, I think will actually probably outpace Rashad White when it comes to targets on that one as well. Um, half point Puka. PPR, Puka or Ayuk? Any other it's, thoughts? It's Puka. Okay. Traded away Amari in London for ETN. Do you think it was an overpay? No, I don't think that was an overpay. London London was a potential buy low candidate. We talked mm-hmm. about that, but it was all centered around um, the idea that they're talking about Taylor Heineke potentially usurping Desmond Ritter, right? If if the passing game doesn't get better in Atlanta, but um, I don't hate this. You know, everybody, everybody's always looking for a running back, and I think that's fair value. Fair enough. Um, this is back to that trade question on the Saquon and, and trying It'll to be do good. that. Injury, injuries caused it, right? Mm-hmm. J, you know, JT's on the pup list, came off. You know, right. Barkley, like, you have enough studs. You'll be okay. Right, and that's that's one of those things, too, like we were just saying. In a couple of weeks, right, like, you'll the ship will get right for you on this one, and there's a good chance that in a couple of weeks you're sitting there three and three. Um three and four, even, you know, those types of things. And you're, you're put yourself in a position and you're now, you're now to more of a PowerPoint or a power play where you can pick which running back you want to trade off for the upside at some of the other positions to kind of, you know, f- fully kind of fill out your roster construction to, to make a playoff push there. But right now at one and three, I'm not, I, I'm not concerned um, yeah. on the, that the one. Number next to your ranking in the playoffs doesn't matter. It no, doesn't matter whether you're one, four, six, eight, depending on how many right. teams get in. It's just getting in. So right. injuries nipped you here to the first quarter of the season. Guys are coming back here the second quarter. You're able to start jockeying around. So uh, yeah. stay true to the course, buddy. I think you'll be all right. Yeah, the bye weeks, the bye weeks here are going to going to really separate some teams out there, and you're going to see a lot of teams start getting a little bit on the desperate side for some of those running backs that you've got. So I, you'll be all right. Uh, priceless pigeon saying this was his other quarterback in that league. It's a single QB, single QB. He got Mahomes and he got Herbert. Says he doesn't know how he got both of them, and it's a full PPR. Okay, all's forgiven uh, on that trading away. Yeah, that one. yeah, I don't mind it. I I think I probably would have pushed for Herbert for Adams, maybe straight up, but I don't hate the deal. Like yeah. with having with having Mahomes there, you'll be okay. Fact, his I, best is yet to come to. He said, I mean, he said so himself. He realized he hasn't played well. He's getting ready to come up against a really soft slate of pass defenses. The Broncos twice, the Vikings this week. Um, you know, here over the next four weeks, we're going to see Mahomes kind of right the ship and turn it back around. And over this next section, quarter of the season, if you will, uh, you're going to be more than happy to just ride with Pat and call and uh, Priceless Pigeon Ballard over on uh, YouTube saying that, that they like the trade. 
uh, there as well for you now that they see that Mahomes is your other quarterback. Yeah, so, I like that too. All righty. Uh, Tingley was saying that uh, going back to the start two question, we had the split on this one where Pacheco and Kamara, uh, would they be a better option for the flex over Zay Flowers or Tank Dell? Hmm. As much as I like Tank Dell, and I like Tank Dell quite a bit, I'm not going to roll him over Kamara or Pacheco on that one. In a full PPR type of deal, the Flowers is interesting, but... I like Flowers for the ceiling. I think Flowers gives you your easiest path to more than 12 points. Mm -hmm. Pacheco's going to have to fall in the end zone to do it. Camaro's going to have to catch at least seven balls to be able to do that, which is possible. But I do think that if you're starting in a flex position, your goal is 12 points out of that spot. And Flowers is your clearest path to and above 12 points out of the four guys we have listed here on the screen. Yeah. I mean, it's getting Lamar Jackson to throw touchdown passes has been a difficult proposition uh, this year in in Baltimore. Not, Not for Mark Andrews. Well, that's true. Outside of Mark Andrews, I'm sorry. My apologies to you know everybody, but uh, anyway, um, the Zay Flowers deal. Yeah, I think that this is one of those that you see Zay Flowers have a stat line something like five for five for fifty five, five for sixty on this one, uh, and I think he does that pretty easily with it. Uh, if he falls into the end zone, he'll he'll easily have a bigger ceiling than Kamara or Pacheco. Um, who both of which I think need to find the end zone um, in order to do that. And if we're going straight up on that one, I think that Flowers will will outproduce Kamara in yards here as well. Kamara just might get all those darn checkdowns that, you know, PPR point pop him up. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think Flowers is the ceiling play. Uh, Ballard, would you start uh, Tank Dell or Josh Reynolds this week since Amon Ra St. Brown is out? I'm going to go with Dell. I realize the the potential for Josh Reynolds. I also think that this is one of those that we're going to see a super heavy dose of David Montgomery. We're going to see the Lions just roll, run this ball left, right, center, and crazy. Um, Jamison Williams coming back there as well, kind of muddies the water in the wide receiver room. So I actually think that we see a much bigger dose of Sam Laporta, and I think we see a much bigger dose of David Montgomery than we have the last couple of weeks in that uh, in that Lions game. Hmm. But I certainly do get the appeal on Josh on rolling out. I get out the Reynolds. appeal, right? I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see the path to points, right? Like five, five for sixty. Is that too much? It so, might be. It might be with how we see this game script going. Like we could see, we could see four for forty-two, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I th- I think I'm going to lean Dell, knowing that he's going to play in the slot, and and be off coverage a little bit, and and have a little bit more space to work with. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to lean Tank Dell here. I'm gonna just take a quick peek at something here, real quick. Yeah. I know most of your 
most of your deals, you got Josh Reynolds ranked in the forties, even with that um, news. Tank Dell, yeah, he's ranked kind of back end wide receiver two on this one here. So, yeah. And keep in mind, Josh Reynolds is also questionable this week uh, with a growing injury. Um, no injury designation on Tank Dell. So I'm I'm gonna that solidifies it even more for me. Yep, I agree. Dell, he's your guy. All right. Um, RS German on the YouTube is saying, "Good evening, gentlemen. Pick two between Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh, Darren Waller, or Tank Dell." Flowers, Flowers is your floor. Addison's your ceiling because of how I see that game script going between the Vikings and G. Darren Waller should be more involved than what he is, but until the Giants offensive line decides that they can keep Daniel Jones upright for longer than 1.6 seconds, um, having the, the ability to bench Darren Waller, I think you just have to um, at this point and kind of make him prove it. So um, if you need points, I'm going with the game total and Flowers and Addison. If you're looking for safer floors, then I'm going Dell and Flowers. Yeah, I'm playing – Zay Flowers is the smash start for me on, on all of those guys. So I would absolutely roll Zay Flowers. And then I, I agree with everything you said there. I probably lean tank Dell. Um over Addison, but if you need the ceiling play, ceiling play because you're playing from behind a little bit, you're um, you're projected to lose some of those things. Then yes, uh, Addison absolutely comes into yeah. play. If you went up against DJ Moore and or if you went up uh, against Logan Justin Thomas, Fields, even, yeah, like you're probably chasing a little bit. Uh, Addison's probably your higher ceiling. All righty. Uh, Hudson over on YouTube, 10, uh, 10 team PPR got fields, Lawrence Barkley, Montgomery, Taylor, Madison, uh, Puka, CD Ridley, London, tight end, Kelsey Ferguson, uh, three and one sit tight or try and get, um, Devonta Smith or Amon Ra. depends on what you got to give up, right? Like I can understand wanting to go out and get, uh, Devonta Smith or Amon Ra St. Brown with the fact that London has been not very good to start the season. Ridley, outside of three quarters of this season, has not been very good. Puka, the Cooper Cup news coming back, and CD has been a little bit disappointing there. So I understand all of that, but it depends on who you got to give up. I'm not giving up Barkley or Montgomery. I'm maybe a Madison type of move, but again, like with the running back depth that's out there, I don't know that I want to. Depends on what depends on what I got to give up. If I can roll a Madison and a London to go get one of those guys, sure. I do Madison and Ridley to get St. Brown. Okay, I like it's, that. It's kind of the highest I'd go. I think Puka and CD and what we think will be an improvement out of Calvin Ridley will get you there. Travis Kelsey and your tight end spot will clear a lot of woes. Um, and and. I say deficiencies, but you know, where, where you might be a little bit lacking and we got to see where Taylor comes back at. So that that's where I would be. Madison and Ridley for St. Brown would probably be your, your pie in the sky ask, if you will. And other than that, I'm good with not making a move. I'm good with sitting tight, 
Fields is starting to emerge. You have Kelsey there, so you have two really high-end players and and being able to run with that. I also Waddle was in that mix. I think I'd rather have Amon Ra over over Waddle. So I I like I'm gonna co-sign on to what you said there. Any other thoughts on that one? No, no. Rest of the season I I like Amon over over Waddle. Just consistency. Yes, Amon Ra might miss another game, but Jalen Waddle with how this Miami offense just kind of flows to the open guy. We've seen it before this season already where Waddle gets, you know, three catches for 45 yards and seven points out of your wide receiver two just ain't going to cut it. Right. All righty guys. So we're going to get through the questions that are in the chat right now, and then we're going to call it a night here. Um, so Josh, you've got the last question that I, that I've got here. Uh, uh, Princess, Pigeon, Jamison Williams, or or priceless pigeon. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Jamison Williams or Tutu Atwell this week? Atwell probably has the floor. Yeah. In a high scoring, what we perceive as a high scoring matchup against the Eagles, Jamison Williams is the upside, especially with no St. Brown. So if right. you're if you're chasing points and you need a big game. Uh, you're probably much more likely to have it come from Jameson Williams than Tutu Atwell. Right. Not going to surprise me if we look up and we see Tutu Atwell have a you know stat line somewhere three in for the, thirty-five. Yeah, that was I was going to say three for thirty, three for thirty, four for forty, something like that type of deal. Whereas Jameson Williams could have one for forty and a touchdown. Like, that's just kind of how that that comes to play. Uh, he could also have zero receptions on that one too. Like. It is very tough to say how they're going to use him. So I think you're absolutely right. 2-2 for the floor and uh, Jamison for the ceiling play. Uh, Terry traded away James Cook for Brian Robinson and added Latavius Murray due to his increased reps. Thoughts? I personally would have stayed with the James Cook side of things. I love James Cook this year, so I'm not the biggest fan. But, yeah, you got Lat Murray there. Yes, he's kind of clearly outpaced. Um Harris as the number two back there um, and it does see some of the goal line carries. So cook who also added your PPR value is what you traded away. Now you have more ground and pound guys. So I think you can get there. Um, but I personally like cook more. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, Terry asking uh, McLaughlin or Madison full PPR this week. Madison. Yeah, I have to agree. All right, Josh, uh, rate the twenty-person PPR team. That's a that's a marathon draft that you got to get through. Uh, Russ, JT, Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, Christian Kirk, Cole Komet, Atwell also have Jamison on the bench. You did a lot of trading to get that in a twenty-man league. Yes, you did. I I think that works, right? JT's coming back. Aaron Jones uh, feeling healthy after. You know, last week kind of being his first week back. You got Tyreek, which is obviously a distant uh, difference maker. Commit had a big week. Um, Ballard yeah. was just commenting on that. That was a crazy. Yeah, yeah, you should be pretty well heads and tails against the vast majority of your competition in a twenty-man league with that starting lineup. So I, Correct. I like it. I like the ceiling plays. Um, you know, and Russ 
Russ continues to get it done. It's not always pretty. Um, quite frankly, it's not often pretty with how he's getting it done, but Russ has been effective for fantasy. Maybe not hyper-efficient, but effective. All righty. I like it. Uh, Terry had his one last comment in here, and then we'll uh, say I traded away JT, Amari Cooper, and B-Rob for Henry and Chase. The new lineup is Stafford, Chase, Keenan Allen, slash Puka, CMC, Pollard, Henry, Goddard. The league is uh, is a frenzy after this deer. Fair or foul, I accept the, simply accepted the offer. Hey, if it's offered to you. I, right. I mean, sometimes we get gifts. And JT and Cooper for B-Rob. On the surface, I'm not necessarily like, you know, but seeing how it actually fits into your lineup there, I'm a big fan of that move. Because Henry's now your third running back behind CMC and Pollard. Yeah. You have two, you know, you have two wide receiver ones, and Puka's performing out of his mind in wide receiver one territory as well. Yeah. You bought Chase low. Right. Right. That's this kind of this kind of deal that we were talking about on on the Tuesday night show. Right. Like you essentially got Chase low. The gambles on Henry. Right. Do you get the effective Henry from last week or the not nearly as effective Henry who's getting out snapped by Taji Spears from two weeks ago? Right. As he continues to get a little bit older and that offensive line in Tennessee is not anything to be excited about. Um, so, no, I, I don't hate it. All you got to do is accept it. Right. JT's. JT's a wild card, but if he turns out, there's JT could outproduce Hunter Henry, or excuse me, Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. And Brian Robinson is clearly the guy in Washington for God knows whatever reason. Like he has one skill set and it's just to run right into the man's ass in front of him. And that's just kind of what he does. But it's what Ron Vera wants. They refuse to give Antonio Gibson any sort of play in Washington, even when they're down by. 21 points at halftime. Like you just don't see Gibson get the ball. So right, and, that's, it. and it's, it's a lot closer than what your league makes or making out for, right? Like you could, you can look at it both ways and yeah, you could think, Oh, it's just name power maybe, but with how everyone's playing, you bought chase low, you're taking a gamble on Henry. Cooper's been just fine. Brian Robinson's been good until he played the bears and then looked like poo because the bears or the commanders threw the ball 55 consecutive plays, 55 consecutive plays, which completely took him out. So I don't hate it. Good for you. Like, well, as, as much as everybody's super high on Brian Robinson, I, I honestly don't understand it. Right. For all the points that you just made about how they're using him, all of this for fantasy purposes, the guy has scored 66 points on the season. 28 of those points came in week two against the Broncos. Like outside of that, he hasn't been good for this. So that's an ultimate kind of sell high type of type of move on him. Cause I don't know that, that we're going to see him perform well again. Right. He's had one, uh, you know, outside of that, that week two performance, the next best performances have been like running back 15, running back 16 on the week. And then, uh, you know, some performances like this, especially after last night, you have one, one really good performance two usable performances for where you drafted him at and two performances that you wish you had started another running back in there. Like that's ultimately where he's going to come to play and, and, and all of that. And I don't know that that changes much going forward. So I like the deal for you, Cherry. Um, 
Josh was saying that he traded a traded Amon Robbery, Saul Madison Parker for and Chark for Hill, Jones, Christian Kirk, and Everett. Going back to that 20 person deal. So right on. All right. Yeah. And Ballard saying that he likes to trade for Josh. Ty saying that we were right on B Rib. Um on the B Rob take, not gonna lie. All right. Well, guys, that's gonna do it for us. And we very much appreciate everybody tuning in, the comments, all of that good stuff, and, and the chat. Always loved uh, you know, chopping it up with everybody out there in the chat. We'll be back on Tuesday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll be back again next Friday, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Any any last thoughts out there? No. Uh, feel free to hit us up, shoot your thoughts, questions over. We'll continue to you know answer as quickly and best we can, just kind of offline, if you will. But good luck, everyone. Keep hammering away, and we'll catch you during week six. Okay. I like it. All right, Rusty, you got that one in. We're going to hit it up, and then I'm signing off, and we're ending this, <laughs> ending this guy. But, uh, okay, Rusty's back. 12-man PPR. They countered on that deal. Jalen Waddle, Brees Hall from Ramondre Stevenson, Amon Ross, St. Brown. You get Jalen Waddle and Brees Hall? Am I reading that right? I think so. And if that's the case, I'm smashing yeah. yes and moving on. Yes. Yeah, Waddle and Hall is greater than Ramondre and St. Brown. Like at yep. that point, I do the deal. Yep, agreed. So, Rusty, if you're if you're getting to take the the Jalen Waddle and Brees Hall side of that thing, smash accept, take Jalen Waddle, Brees Hall, trade away Ramadre Stevenson, and Amon Ra. What are we saying no about? No, it's the other side. Then no, we're not doing it. Yeah, if you've got a if you've got to trade away Jalen Waddle and Brees Hall for Ramadre and Amon Ra, I wouldn't do that one. So. so it's either yes, you want the Waddle and Hall side. That's that's kind of the end of the story. Yes. All right. So that is going to do it for us. He's Kevin. I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe. Toodaloos. <laughs>